Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. to thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the Conservative Conversation and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight, of course, uh, with a lot going on, as usual, it seems like uh, there's never a lack of uh, current events to uh, go over each week as uh, the country seems to be spending more and more uh, into chaos, you know, first, of course, we got all the things with the, the Russian collusion, and then we have North Korea, and now we have more domestically, you know, what's going on with the NFL and, and the for the National Anthem. You know, you think that one thing that would actually bring this country together uh, would be our national anthem, uh, but <laughs> apparently even that now is either by chance or by choice, you make the call, I know what I think uh, on whether this is being done purposefully or just by happenstance. Uh, now, of course, uh, with what uh, Donald Trump said, you know, calling people SOBs may not have been the best thing. It's, I, I, I don't care. People get me all upset, and it's, it's still refreshing to me uh, to, to see, even when he just says stupid stuff like calling people SOBs. I don't know. Probably because I've been following politics for a long time, and it's just refreshing to not see stick in the mud people always worried about what they they say and do but anyway well i can't say do because clinton but anyway and and i meant both of them uh but anyway oh i spilled my coffee but you know just you know to have that and of course the the, you know democrats liberals want to you know turn into something uh racist but we're going to talk about that later on uh in the show i do see we've got callers here uh so if you'd like to chime in just give a uh push the one on your number dial and we'll get you to the show. Uh, and also, uh, of course, the first thing we're going to talk about tonight is the we, – we can't really call it an upset of Roy Moore uh, beating uh, uh, Strange in the uh, – I can't recall his first name, but, but Strange in, in the uh, primary there uh, for Alabama. I mean, yes, Trump endorsed him, which he later actually stated – I've got an article maybe we'll get to later uh, – that he may have been wrong. In endorsing Strange, uh, the, the going wisdom. He, he probably got this from the likes of Rince Pubis. I mean, Reince Priebus, uh for the uh, you know his endorsement of Strange and you know all the other establishment uh, folks that are you know he's unfortunately at this point surrounded by. And, and we'll talk more about that later about you know, uh, draining the swamp. And that's actually part of what we're going to talk about tonight uh, with the Roy Moore. Uh, winning the you know the election, he'll probably win the Senate too. I mean, it's Alabama, right? I mean, he's got to really mess things up, or they got to really uh, put some kind of scandal out there for uh, I think for him not to win. Uh, now I uh, think it's a win for uh, conservatives and conservatism, and might be the first point in 
draining the swamp. And I'm talking about the upcoming elections, not with this one, but also in 2018, uh, where, of course, we're promoting and hoping we can get a voice to Trump to state that, hey, look, you know, you said now you're going to go out and, and push for more. Well, now these other states, senators and House representatives who are out there, we need to support the grassroots candidates who are, you know, let's really clean the swamp. Let's primary out a lot of these uh, people who've been there, especially those who uh, are the rhino slash establishment of the uh, persuasion. And let's Trump support all of them and get those people primaried out. And then, of course, it it would be a rough battle because, of course, then there'll be you know, experience uh, debates and thinking, oh, they don't have the experience by, you know, their Democrat challengers. And there might be something to be said about that. Uh, but definitely I think this could be the maybe the first of many hopefully conservative victories. Uh, and one of the things we'll discuss is, uh, one, Trump did endorse him, and uh, uh, Strange, and Strange still lost. But was that more of uh, they just liked more better? Uh, in Alabama, was it because Mitch McConnell and all the the money and endorsement that he put uh, behind Strange that had more to do it uh, than it did Trump endorsing him uh, that they did not want because McConnell supported him, they did not want Strange. Uh, so what does it say about that? What does it say about the Republican Party uh, later on uh, about you know the establishment? And as I stated earlier, is this the beginning of? You know, draining, draining the swamp, getting these uh, these new folks in there. Okay. And so, anyway, and so I was just checking some messages because, as you well know, uh, the show, while it is live, I get messages from multiple places. Now, we do have uh, one thing I want to – I'm hoping she called in, and thanks, Zenobia, from Facebook uh, to sharing the uh, – the link for tonight's show there on Facebook, uh, but and unfortunately, I got a message here from Donna Bartlett on one of the Facebook pages, uh, and I guess that's Polgate, uh, and she actually said Roy Moore is a he's a Democrat in disguise. Now I did offer for Donna to uh, call into the show, uh, and perhaps uh, that'd be nice if she did and kind of get her perspective. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't know where she's getting it. That's why I'd really would hope uh, that, you know, she would call in uh, so that we could, you know, get her perspective and see what evidence she may have. Uh, okay. Oop, misspelled something. There we go. And so anyway, and so I'd like, you know, like to get her perspective because, I mean, maybe there is a – Okay, I, I see you there. And so we've got a couple folks uh, who'd like to get in, but real, real quick about Donna. Hopefully she, we'll, we'll hear from her because, you know, I do like having opposing views and and, and get her take on it. Uh, but first let's go ahead and, oh, we had Cindy on the line as well as uh, our friend Mark, uh, Mark from the Patriot Journalist Network, of course, uh, our good friend there. And uh, we'll get Cindy back in. Uh, but first let's go ahead and – Welcome, our, uh, the founder of the Patriot Journalist Network, and that's Mark Prasik. It's great to hear from you again, Mark. Welcome to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, it's been a long time, Robert. Good to hear your voice. Good to talk to you again. You too. You too. It has been a long time. Hopefully it's not a big span of time again before we talk. Go ahead. <laughs> so, I mean, I know you were a supporter of Warren. I remember we talked about him back in 2012 and, you know, what was going on with him removing 
those Ten Commandments and, and what happened after that. So there is some controversy surrounding them, which I'm sure is going to rear its ugly head uh, in the election. Because it's Alabama, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. Uh, but what, what's your thoughts on those and the well, primary? Well, he's a firebrand. He's a firebrand. And uh, in Alabama, uh, they love Roy Moore. Now, uh, outside of Alabama, or I should say in Washington, D.C., um, he's he's sort of problematic, uh, and and he does pick fights. That Ten Commandment thing, he could have done. Uh, he he could still have the Ten Commandments in his courtroom, uh, but he he basically challenged them by he didn't just put, you know, a frame set of the Ten Commandments on the wall. He brought in a ten ton monument uh, made out of granite. <laughs> right. So I, I think you know he was kind of rattling the saber there, uh, and he was picking a fight. But anyway. Um, but in Alabama, uh, they love him. Now, here's the funny thing. Between his little gigs as chief justice, he actually ran for governor and lost. And when I heard he was running for governor, I thought, as much, I, I love Roy Moore, uh, but he would be a single-issue can, single type candidate. Um, so his run for governor was not successful. So while he may be wildly popular, uh, in Alabama, that doesn't necessarily translate into they feel like he's qualified uh, as, as governor. That's why they hold elections, and that's how they decide these things. But uh, his more recent uh, riff with the federal government, he was not actually removed from office like he was the first time. Uh, they did not have the votes to remove him from office, so they – well, what they did is suspended him without pay for the remainder of his term. Now, they had no statutory authority to do that. They had the statutory authority to remove him from office, so they just kind of invented this idea um, that they were going to suspend him without pay. So with that, he did ultimately resign so that he could run for Senate. Um, are you familiar with the details of the scandal – surrounding Luther Strange's appointment to the Senate in the first place. That I was not, uh, to be honest, aware of. Okay. Well, uh, Gary, <laughs> here you go. Um, the former governor of Alabama was caught with his pants down. Now, what I mean by that is he was caught with his pants down. <laughs> Another Wiener story. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I won't go. I won't be any more graphic than that. And <laughs> you know, a scandal began to unfold. And of course, he tried to, to cover it up. <laughs> he tried to cover well, it the up. Bugs so are just then, flying out. No, I'm sorry, I can't help myself. It's not even Bart's logic after dark yet. Go ahead. <laughs> So, of course, he, you know, trying to minimize the damage, he covers it up, and he's doing it while he's on the clock, so to speak. So then the Alabama legislature began to uh, investigate him for use of state funds um, and resources uh, to conduct an affair and cover it up. Well, the matter was actually referred initially to the attorney general. In the state of Alabama, you know who that was, Mr. Sessions. No. No. Why, do I, why did I say Sessions? But who? 
Luther Strange. Well, I thought you said – never mind. I'm getting, I'm getting the names mixed up. Go ahead. The, yeah. the attorney general in Alabama, not the in United Alabama. States okay. attorney general. Okay. We'll, okay. we'll get Go to ahead. that part. Okay. <laughs> well, Luther Strange asked the legislature – he wrote them a letter asking them to not to just delay their impeachment proceedings because there was an investigation – uh, that his office was conducting and it was underway, and he, there were, you know, when you're doing that, you don't want things made public, and if if they subpoena uh, the things, you know, it would get put, blah blah blah. So the legislature backed off. Okay, with me so far. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Donald Trump, or, or well, first of all, who is the only senator that ever endorsed Donald Trump in the U.S. Senate? Jeff Sessions. The only one that ever that, that ever endorsed him? Right. Well, or he was Sessions the first. Endorsed that him, but... Go ahead. Right, Jeff Sessions, who was the senator, U.S. senator from Alabama. Well, Trump won the election, so who does Trump appoint as the United States Attorney General? Jeff Sessions. Right. With me? Okay. That I'm leaves with... a vacancy in the Senate, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Now, who fills the vacancy in the in the Senate when there is such a vacancy? The governor. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I thought you meant specifically. Okay. Yeah, the governor makes that. I know. Yeah. This is this is this this. You can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. Who then does the governor tap? To <laughs> To fill the vacant seat, the attorney that general be... that is investigating him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so there's how Strange landed in the Senate, but the plot continues because now there's a vacancy in the Alabama attorney general's office. Who fills that vacancy? The governor. The governor fills it again. Okay. Is it, is it somewhere the uh, the deputy AG, AG fills it? But go ahead. No, no. The governor fills a, you know vacancies in the Alabama for the Alabama Attorney General. So this would be akin to a student grading their own paper. So yeah, the governor appoints somebody who will take it easy on him, and the governor wound up uh, making a plea deal. He pled to some misdemeanor campaign funds. I don't know. And uh, so that's the story. That's how wow. Luther Strange... Wow, we'll definitely get to listen to that again just to, to, to get all that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a soap opera. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, it sounds like um, it. So the people of Alabama, are, well, of course, you're not familiar with it, but the people of Alabama are very familiar with it because it dominated the news as it was happening. So, you know, when Luther Strange comes to the people of Alabama, you know, all they remember is the corruption that, wow. that led to his, his appointment there in the first place. Luther Strange, the guy that, that asked the legislator to stop or suspend anyway, defer, de, you know, delay the impeachment. It just it just looks real bad. Yeah. It really does. I'd say, and then Trump endorses <laughs> yeah. them. Wow, what's that going to make Trump look like? 
I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why Trump did that. I, I you know, no, and also Mitch McConnell's in the mix somewhere. You know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and I, I've talked to others and, and, you know, they kind of feel like that, that Trump took some advice, you know, and, and, oh yeah. <laughs> But but and I can't find the uh, link. But did you ever get the article about uh, Trump said I may have made a mistake? Yeah, I actually have that. Uh, I have the Breitbart article on that. Okay, so so that's that's kind of the the the, la- the political landscape in Alabama. You've got a wildly popular firebrand, uh, Roy Moore, running, and in opposition, you've got. This guy with with just a very long shadow. Um, he's tall, so he casts a long shadow. And uh, so yeah, the like people of Alabama. Just, like yeah, and uh, so th- that's that's the situation. And the the results were. I mean, he. I don't know what the final count was, but he was. Roy Moore was ahead double digits. I mean, it was pretty insane. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, that's just that's just hilarious how how that it worked out and yeah as I said earlier in the show I said and welcome to that uh, to the chat there uh, wow yeah that's something I didn't know but yeah I guess that you know the central for you know Alabama but you know we'll see I mean I know some are uh, concerned on whether uh, he's really going to support Trump I mean he he may just you know the join the, the likes of you know when it comes to voting and stuff you know. Uh, oh my gosh! I just had a brain freeze. I got his face there. Guy from Kentucky, uh, Rand Paul. <laughs> there we go. Rand Paul. Uh, you yeah, know, just, I, you know, I, I think he's been, like to vote with Paul not, hmm? he, He's been very vocal in the campaign uh, in his support of the Trump agenda, and and this is the yeah. a, a buzz phrase that you're going to hear more and more. You know, you can support the Trump agenda and not necessarily support Trump personally. Uh, so, so that's the that's the rhetoric that you're starting to hear, not only from Judge Moore but others, uh, in supporting the of uh, Sarah Palin uh, used that uh, in her speech during the the rally the day before the election or whenever Friday, whenever it was. I but, seen uh, a snippet on that, but I didn't get to read the whole article on it. Yeah. 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 So, so supporting the Trump agenda, you know, and of course in the debate and in the campaign. You know, Strange tried to use that endorsement and, and paint the voter into a corner, saying that if you don't vote for me, you're voting against Trump. Well, right. Judge Moore's not against Trump. He he's very much you know uh, vocal about supporting the Trump agenda, but he is a constitutionalist and he is a conservative and an evangelical. So, you know, I. You know, I I wouldn't swear my allegiance to anyone personally. You know, I love Ted Cruz, but I wouldn't say, you know, whatever you want to do, Ted, you know, I'm for it. Well, no, let's see what it is. Um, So I I think it'll all work out. And and Trump has has publicly come out and said uh, that he's going to support, you know, whoever wins, basically. You know, he's hedging his bets a little bit. He's good at that. Yeah, I mean, but you, you don't. And you, I mean, I'm pretty confident that you know Moore's going to beat whatever Democrats they got they put through. Don't you think? I cannot imagine a um, circumstance that would prevent a more victory at this point. 
I'm not. I, I'm not. I don't live in Alabama. I'm not that attuned to Alabama politics, but I, I I live close enough there, and I've worked there, and I talk with a campaign. It, it's inconceivable to me that Alabama would elect a Democrat as their United States senator. I I don't know anything about Doug Jones. I don't know a thing about him. I know he's well. Yeah, I know he's a Democrat. I think that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's all that matters. And I, I see Cindy like to get on the line. But first, uh, a little uh, – and we we still play this uh, here on the show, but a little blast from the past uh, for you, uh, Mark. I think you might uh, enjoy this. And, and you know, you'll recognize it pretty much as soon as uh, you hear it. And then I'm going to get you in, Cindy. You can uh, give us your thoughts, of course. Uh, uh, say hi to Mark. But let's go ahead and uh, you guys will recognize this too. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. Remember that, Mark? And I said, well, we've got a uh, we've got a caller in here named John. Where it might have even been last week or the week before that, where uh, it was later into the show. But I was, I was trying to play that clip, and I couldn't play it. And, and John, you know, actually said it verbatim. I mean, word for word, he said that audio, and I may even. Uh, if he you know, comes on, uh, have him do it again tonight. I mean, it was dead on. I mean, he did not miss a word out of, <laughs> out of that. Well, it was, I had it that was professionally done. Uh, that's not my voice. That's a, a, a voiceover right. artist. Uh, and, and, and the guy owed me some money. <laughs> I was having trouble getting it. So I said, here. <laughs> there you go. Do this. Well, yeah, that's what John, he did. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he did that word for word. It was awesome. <laughs> That was good. Yeah, so yeah, we we still got that, and uh, you know, still, uh, I, and I don't use Twitter as much. I still have some automatic tweets going out there. I have, you know, I haven't just used it in, in such a long time. Uh, but let's go ahead and get Cindy, and then uh, we'll, we'll you know, move over with our conversation about tonight and other topics. And we can talk a little more since we have you on the line, Mark, about the the Patriot Journalist Network. But let's go ahead and uh, first we'll get Cindy in, and then we'll we'll go back to that as well. Go ahead, Cindy. Hey, it's good to hear from you, Mark. Long time no see. Hey, it's good to hear familiar voices from the past. <laughs> well, um, as far as Judge Rory Moyer is concerned, I, uh, I've i already had my celebration for today. We were at the hospital when the news came over the, uh, the TV, and um, all of us in our room, well, let's just say – it, we acted like you shouldn't really act in a hospital. <laughs> we we were celebrating. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been following the the Roy Moore, Moore um, race and uh, my sister too because she she has a daughter living in my niece lives in Alabama and um, uh, what, <clears throat> I you know I, I, Ken Cuccinelli's got the you know the Senate conservatives thing, he, he, you know, he's pretty good at giving the details and the information that other news organizations don't yeah. get. 
so, you know, I've been following his stuff. But anyway, uh, I was glad to hear it. Um, I I think Roy Moore is going to do a great job. And I think it was Robert just a little while ago that said something like it doesn't really matter that it's the Senate, or somebody said it doesn't matter that it's the Senate from Alabama. Um, It doesn't matter where you're from. Uh, A Senate vote is a Senate vote. So uh, as far as I think think from Alabama, he's pretty much a shoe-in. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't understand. Well, we're waiting, and I can't wait. I just really got got back in the saddle. But the national implications and reverberations of this are going to be – I mean, this is a moment for conservatives to really take stock of what just happened. Because Mitch McConnell – I was talking with uh, the campaign manager um, this morning. We were having breakfast. And he doesn't know Twitter, you know, and I told him, I said, here's what's happening on Twitter. When we incorporate Judge Moore into our Ditch Mitch rallies, the numbers go off the scales. I said, you would not believe the sentiment out there uh, against him. And and there is a the drain the swamp mentality is has been it's been there. But Donald Trump iconized it. And and now it's it's a moniker. But mm-hmm. I don't think draining the swamp is going to be an overnight thing. Think about all the rhinos that are facing reelection in 2018. Okay, mm-hmm. Eric Cantor just got spanked here a couple of years ago. Remember that? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. And Mitch McConnell's hand-picked guy, in spite of a presidential endorsement, which uh, I don't know if y'all watched that rally. Uh, that was a Trump rally. Uh, Strange was kind of the excuse to show up in town. You know, Trump talked a lot about, well, you know what Trump talks the most about. Uh, and then from time to time, he'd say, yeah, I'm a good friend of Luther. Y'all need to vote for him. But 90% of the speech in that rally from Trump was not about Luther Strange. But the NFL, really, I think like 90 minutes of it or something, or, or 45 <laughs> of the 90 minutes or something like that, where it's about the NFL. Mm-hmm. So as soon as the race was decided, uh, Judge Moore, uh, in his victory speech, had already heard from Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, and Mike Lee. They called him and and Donald Trump. So um, this 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 can be big, folks. I mean, because you've got to be. I mean, Mitch McConnell woke up with a migraine. I'm sure. I know he didn't wake up with a migraine. He never went to sleep. I hope so. Okay. Well, he needs to. Uh, but imagine what could happen if if this pattern, if this trend catches on to where Rhino's got to go. Um, oh, there's your slogan. We, we can make some changes. Rhino's got to mm-hmm. go. <laughs> Rhino's got to go. Yep. That's, yep. that's a hashtag. We'll, we'll have to make that a hashtag. There you go. <laughs> Well, so that's see, the natural that's, implications, and that's why PJ Net right. got involved. We don't normally get involved in state mm-hmm. affairs, or not in a big way, but we're all in. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the thing. Um, now McConnell has spent tens of millions of dollars on that guy's campaign, and now what is left in the GOP coffers to help Roy Moore get elected? You watch. There won't be two cents to rub together 
uh, coming from the GOP, the official Rhino GOPs, um, mm-hmm. into the, jo- the Roy Moore uh, coffers. So, um, um, Mitch McConnell needs to to think to himself, okay, maybe it's not so smart that I get involved in these these local uh, Senate races and uh, House races. Maybe I better sit back and let someone else, um, you know, because now the conservatives are saying to themselves, okay, McConnell is endorsing this guy, so he's the guy I'm not going to vote for. And and if this happens in all those other states that where rhinos are um, trying to get reelected, they don't have a prayer. So McConnell may you may see him back off and not actually you know get involved uh, that involved. Um, I mean he was like putting all his eggs in one basket. This was extremely important for him that this went down. Uh, he's probably still singing from the canner thing, and was was hoping that this was going to turn the tide for the rhinos and that he would stop this avalanche of um, rhinos losing their um, losing their support with their folks back home. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, what do McConnell's constituents think of this? What are they doing back home? How, what are they talking about? What are they whispering about in their houses and, and, and um, in their GOP uh, REC meetings and, you know, the, the club meetings. What, what are those people talking about in those places? His constituents and the usual um, GOP leadership in local counties and elections, you know. What, what's going on in their minds? Would they vote for McConnell again, seeing this debacle? Um so and and I don't know. What do you think, Mark? I think he's like too old to even run again, anyway. But they keep running anyway. I'm mean, like a bird. Well, I think strategically, as you mentioned, I don't think it was wise for him to get involved in a primary until the you know after the primary is over, then support the Repu- that would make sense. So right. I mean, it's a sort of an unwritten rule. You don't do that. But he mm-hmm. did that. Uh, yep. Now. Add to that that the guy he's backing has got the history that he's got. And, Cindy, Mm -hmm. Luther didn't lose in a nail-biter. He got his backside red, spanked badly. Now, I haven't done the math. I don't know all the numbers yet, but I'm I'm told the number's been kicked around. $30 million was spent. On the on the strange campaign. Now, how much wow. of that was directly tied to Mitch McConnell? I don't know. Now, I haven't gotten the final results, but I want to do some mathematics. How much is that per vote? More on the other yeah. hand, spent around half a million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he 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 spent he spent money that um, should have been going to other campaigns after the primaries were over uh, for. Are uh, you know GOP candidates to win against the Democrats? But no, he's he's wasted all this money trying to win this one race because what it was very important that a rhino get that spot. So well, we had and, a situation not long ago in Georgia where the GOP was backing, and I, I forget the lady's name, um, 
But that was a general election. She was the Republican nominee, and of course the GOP, you know, threw money at that election, and it got quite a bit of attention, and she won it handily. But here we have not not a general election, but a primary, and the GOP backs somebody who doesn't win at all and loses and loses by double digits. I mean, this looks real bad. This yep. looks real bad. Yep. And 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 when the if the country's paying attention, that's the only problem is you have to hope that the country's paying attention to this little state of Alabama and its you know corruption filled election. You know, if they're not paying attention, <coughs> they don't know better than to just do what they've done every election and and buy, and keep voting in that same stupid swamp alligator. So I'm hoping that eyes are opened during this campaign. Well, we're going to do our part. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, we've I got know. Kelly Ward uh, running in Arizona. Uh, Karen Handel is the uh, lady's name that ran in Georgia. I'm being told in my chat room. Thank you. Okay. Sunbelt okay. Girl. Um, running against Asshat, or what was his name? Assoff, laughing my ass off. <laughs> you know, he had who didn't even. Yeah, his name almost sounded like ass off. But anyway, and he didn't even live in the wow. district he was running in. You know, he oh couldn't my. even vote for himself. Oh, <laughs> That's boy. how crazy that one was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that, that we may see a paradigm shift where the landscape is literally changing. Uh, in com- you may find rhinos that are now seated, they may just choose to retire. Oh, one I heard it, and I want to say, who who is McCorkle or whatever, but you know, because they Order announced something Tennessee. at the. He's Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. he's a, yeah, he's, he's uh, he might just call it quit. Are you talking about well, Corker? That was a, yeah, I, I think yeah. because I was tearing the equipment down last night at the watch party, and um, the the Trump former Trump Bannon, what's his name, Steve? Yeah, um, Steve Bannon. Yeah. He said something, but I don't know if he was speaking prophecy or speaking fact, you know. But it would not surprise me. That would be the easiest way out for them so to Corker, avoid any embarrassment. Yeah, he's yeah, he, yeah, he thinking about. Mm-hmm. So is he thinking about uh, uh, retiring? Is that is that what you're saying? That that was what was announced at the watch party by that guy last night. I, again, that's hearsay, yeah. the rumor. I, I don't know. I haven't corroborated that at all. That would be wonderful. Well, because well, 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 I've got a. I hate to, to me, quote anybody such as like the Washington Post or anything. Uh, it's a, you know, it says Bob Corker, Republican senator from Tennessee, announces his retirement. Uh, and this was. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Senator Bob Corker well, announced last night. Tuesday. <laughs> Yep, he will not take re-election next year. <laughs> Another blow to the establishment on the same day. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, you're you're corroborating it. That's. I mean, connect the dots, folks. I mean, what happened? Yeah. Well, Corker's yeah, the one. I'm, I'm, on the wall. <laughs> go ahead. I'm. I'm happy. I'm happy that that that's going down because Corker's the one that actually was the first person that I heard come out um, in an interview and actually say, 
Um, Mitch McConnell and I have no intention of repealing Obamacare. And that was quite a few years ago. Uh, No, not quite a few years ago. It was just a few years ago, maybe even only a couple years ago. But anyway, he's the one that actually said that out in the open, got it out in the open what we were all thinking anyway. And now, since Trump's been in office and they've had the opportunity to repeal Obamacare, they haven't done it. And that's exactly because they didn't ever intend to. So I'm glad Corker is gone, and um, uh, I hope some more of them do the same thing. (laughs) So, so, um, Robert... When when are you going to um, you you need to give me a chance? Uh oh, what's that? What is Robert? What are you doing? <laughs> so Robert, I hear are my you dog going- in the background making his bed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he sounds pretty loud for making a bed. <laughs> um, but Robert, um, yes. Anytime you anytime you please. Give me a chance to talk about the um, the disaster relief thing, but I, I don't want to change the subject right now. I'm just saying um, I'm giving you a heads up. I can't stay on very long tonight, so don't forget me, okay? Oh, no, what we'll do is we can, uh, yeah, because we, we do want to get an update on that. Uh, we do have David on the line uh, from California. He'd like to make some comments, and then uh, I do see some other folks. And for those in the chat, if you'd like to chime in, uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428, and we'll get you to the show. Just push the one on your number dial. Uh, if you are a Skype caller, I may just uh, get you into the green room and see if you'd like to uh, call in. I know some, uh, such as our friend Johnny has, uh, Skype is still able to push that number one and be able to get into the show. Uh, but, yeah, we could try that as well. So, yes, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And uh, I want to – let folks know here we have a uh, Suzette uh, on the line. He was also a member of the PJNet or the Patriot Journalist Network. Uh, so uh, it's good to see that. And um, it says, she put in here that Trump said if Strange didn't win, then Moore would have his full support. And so uh, thank you very much uh, there, Suzette. And also, uh, <laughs> Heat Seeker in the chat put in, so he put a cork in it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, yeah, Corker put a cork in his career. <laughs> I like that. Well, let's go ahead and we'll go ahead and get uh, David on the line, and then uh, we'll, we'll get your comments on the, the relief effort, and then we'll bring it back to uh, our conversation uh, tonight with uh, his victory there in uh, Alabama. And, of course, you know, with all the other chaos that's going on, we'll, we'll get to those too. But let's go ahead first and uh, welcome David. Thank you very much, David, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, doing great. I thank you, Robert, and I thank the panelists. Um, I uh, have lived in Tennessee most of my life and can attest to the fact that Bob Corker, uh, although a nice guy to meet, but really has no support and knows the writing is on the wall, that he has no future. But but Judge Moore basically followed the the path to formula for – victory of Donald Trump by running a populist campaign, and I think that um, uh, other challengers in Tennessee and many other states 
are going to pursue that same populist approach, and I think it's going to really make monumental impact within the Senate. I, I feel confident also that Senator Warren up in Massachusetts is probably going to get beaten, and um, I don't know if if Senator Manchin in West Virginia has made it official that he's going to move over to the Republicans, but um, I just see a real uh, significant uh, trend developing, which I think is great for America and ultimately really great for the Republicans, which is rise of the populists, and I'm just very proud of uh, Judge Moore, Alabama, and the South, as always, as I live in California, and I'm on a crusade to take California back to the conservative cause. So thank you, Robert, and thank you guys on the show. Well, appreciate that. And we'll keep you on the line as we do with uh, every, anyone who uh, calls in. Uh, we'll keep your mic open for, uh, uh, for you. And, you know, with that is, yeah, and he should, uh, you know, switch over uh, Senator from West Virginia. And as you and I were uh, speaking, we're going to bring it over to you, Cindy. Uh, as, and we were speaking of that. As you know what's going to be the, what they're going to say coming, you know, closer to November next year. Well, now in order to get anything done, and you, you probably even hear Trump say it, well, now in order to get any of his, the Trump agenda done, we're going to need 60 senators, which I, I, I think it's, you know, I think it's true, actually, because they're not getting anything done, really. Uh, with what they have, so I think they really will need 50, because here's the thing, uh, we, we keep saying, you know, you, you don't have an excuse, so let me tell you something, if you have 60 Republican senators, there is nothing, really, <laughs> you should have any excuses for, uh, for not getting anything done, I mean, really, and uh, now, so if they can get 60 senators, and if they can, uh, you know, get these uh, grassroots folks in, uh, then certainly, you know, you're draining the swamp, and certainly, certainly, I think we could see things um, moving finally, 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 in the right direction. Actually, maybe I did intend that pun. But let's go ahead and uh, bring it back uh, to. And we, we have another caller. Uh, we'll get you in the show. But let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Cindy. Go ahead, Cindy. Well, um, uh, now I lost my thought. <laughs> oh. Um, David, you've got a, a friend over there, uh, a, a helper in your cause there in California. Kelly Mordecai is one of our panelists, and, and he's trying to win back California for America, too. Um, so <laughs> hang in there, buddy. <laughs> Y'all got a big job ahead of you, but, you know, you, people are just starting to get sick. They're starting to wake up and, and get sick of it all. But well, anyway. Robert, if, if I can make a quick point in California, my understanding uh Los Angeles County, which obviously is a huge sanctuary city county, um, mm-hmm. if you took the vote away from uh, Los Angeles County, basically it was a tie between Trump and Hillary. There were literally probably three million uh, – there was a three million vote lead literally out of Los Angeles County itself, and it's very possible two million out of those three million were illegal or illicit type votes. So believe it or not, it is, uh, if there is an honest review of the election laws, uh, there, there really could be a, a chance for change. Well, we'll see if, if they do that, but I, I got a question for you, Mark. Um, uh, there's, there's a, okay. I heard today, uh, on the news that after today, 
to was it today's or yesterday's vote on the Obamacare after that failed, um, they said that now um, the ne- next time they revisit that, they won't be able to use the just the majority. They're going to have to have a super majority. And I was wondering if you could explain to us why that's going to change the next time they bring this up again, say next year, because they're going to take up taxes now and they're not going to revisit it for a while. So why is it that when they revisit that next year, the rules in the Senate are going to be different and now they're going to have to have a supermajority? Can you explain that? The short answer is I don't know. Uh, I've been on the road. (laughs) I can can speculate. Look, Mitch McConnell runs the Senate. Um, And if Mitch McConnell wanted to do something, he could probably do it. Um, But if you put it in context, look, they don't want to do it. If they wanted to do it, they would do it. So, you know, this is kind of a sideshow sounding thing to me. You know, it makes for interesting conversation. But, you know, they voted over and over and over to repeal it until we have a president that would have signed it. And then they won't repeal it. So that's that's what we're right. up against, and and I think we just need to change the personnel. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we, yeah. we um we had we we had a, a um we had we had what two um presentations in the House and a couple more in the Senate that they voted on repealing and replacing Obamacare. Uh, legislation that they that they voted on and uh out of all of those none of them were put forward by a true conservative they were all rhino programs they were all rhino bills and and so the conservatives um weren't going to uh vote yes on those because the people gave a mandate to trump they gave a mandate to several of those senators to um, get rid of Obamacare altogether, and and they're not doing that, and so those people are not voting for that. So I am personally glad that these the votes that they have brought up so far far have failed, because what we would have gotten is just Obamacare 201, and um, the fact is, no matter what they do with Obamacare, if they keep it. It's going to implode, and then they're going to try to go with a single-payer system because they're going to say, oh, you have to because now we don't have a health care system. So um, um, I don't mean a system. I mean a, a health care uh, providers, you know, the, the insurance providers. So anyway, um, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> So anyway, um, I'm I'm glad they failed, but I'm very disappointed that McConnell and um, what's his name over in the the house, the Speaker of the House, did not allow Paul Ryan. Any, yeah, Paul Ryan did not allow any of the conservative um, uh, uh, plans like like um, Rand Paul. So, um, I, I, I tell you, and, and I hope that the fact that they did not get rid of Obamacare, I hope that is part of why they, those rhinos, will not make it 
into the Senate again. Are you well, there, there change somewhere along the way. Uh, you know, it was repeal. Then it became repeal and replace. And as far as I'm concerned, uh-huh. the whole enterprise is unconstitutional. The government is not authorized to engage in this enterprise. So, mm-hmm. um, so I don't care what they replace it with. I'm against it. Yeah, uh, it's unconstitutional oh. from get go. And you know, we need to come up with a solution. You know, the states that you know, if they want to implement some sort of health care system, let the states do that. Let the people take care. Yeah. The states. Uh, that want to do that, and if they do a great job of it, everybody will move to that state, you know, to get healthcare. Well, it was it was proof positive that while Obama while Obama was still president, the House repealed health uh, the health care bill several times. They had to vote. He mm-hmm. just vetoed and vetoed and vetoed. Uh, it, it's 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 so transparent of them to. Now, you know, we always said this before, but now it's completely transparent and open. We know what they're doing. They they pass things that they know the people are going to like, knowing that the president is going to veto it. And, and they do it so that they can, uh, you know, get brownie points with the constituents back home and make them think that they're true uh, conservatives. So that when they get to their next election, they can say, well, I voted to repeal Obamacare. But now, this 2018 election, they will not be able to to run on that. They cannot say, I voted to repeal Obamacare, because they didn't. Um, they voted to repeal and replace and, and fix it up a little bit and... Uh, and put our GOP fingerprints on it, so when it implodes, right. it's our fault. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, the whole shenanigan is, um, well, I don't know. People just better wake up and start figuring out what's going on. Well, they asked for it, you know, that when when they said, well, Christians don't need to apply. You know, Christians are too um, narrow-minded to be in the Senate or the House especially in the presidency. You can't put one in there. Um, oh, never a pastor in the in the White House. You know, that's that's ridiculous. Well, then what you're going to get is corruption. So that's and speaking that. of, uh, you know, well, speaking of Paul Ryan, he was on Hannity tonight, and Carolyn here in the chat was uh, saying that, you know, that he was, I guess, was talking about the Obamacare uh, not going through, and uh, of course he blamed the Senate <laughs> for for it not passing. Of course, not the House. Right. Uh, like but maybe if the House put like up a better bill, uh, that that you know the the conservatives could really you know some real change. I think uh, I think it was um, Rand Paul was saying that you know I just can't vote for Obama light. Now uh, with, with what you said, Mark, anything would be. Uh, anything better, even Obama like, I guess would be Obamacare like would be better than Obamacare. Uh, there was a few well, things in there that I like. We'll uh, take this for now, and we'll go for more later. You know, take it apart piece by piece. I get it. You know that mm-hmm. that's the narrative, but um, you know, I'm I'm kind of like Rand Paul. It's it's unconstitutional. So you got to get rid of it. It's like the Department of Education. It's unconstitutional from get go. Shouldn't exist. Yep. yep. 
So yeah. we can and have I, all the health care discussions in the state of and then fill in the blank of whatever state because it's not among the enumerated powers of the you know, there's eighteen enumerated powers in the Tenth Amendment. Health care isn't one of them. That means it belongs to the states and the people. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, do you think that uh, Trump could have done more to get them to repeal it? It seems to me he's been kind of quiet on the subject and hasn't used the bully pulpit to force uh, their hand and, and to, to repeal. I mean, he could have used his Twitter account. He could have used speeches to the, to the Congress. He, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. He, he can even call a press conference and say, you know, I want you to repeal. But I ran on it. The people voted for me. They said they wanted it repealed. Now repeal it. And, and, well, and but he was he, trying to put together the replacement plan. So the, the narrative changed. On the campaign trail, it was repeal. After the, after the election, it was repeal and replace. And, and so I'm, right. I'm not playing. I don't dance unless I hear music. Well, but what I'm saying is, why did he, why did he leave his original repeal message and his and leave his mandate behind? Why did he log on to this um, replace business when when he could have gotten it done? He could have gotten it repealed if he'd put enough pressure on the Congress. You know what I'm saying? I cannot answer that in a respectful way, so I will remain silent. <laughs> All right. Well, well, neither can I. And and the two things together, or actually there's several things together that he's done now recently, uh, you know, endorsing Luther Strange, um, not following through on the repeal of the health care. And there was something else we discussed the last time I was on the show, Robert, that he had done. Oh, what did he do? Anyway, he's well, here, done here's things. here's what I like about Judge Moore. He he's a man, and Judge Moore's not the only one, but he's he's guided by principles. When he says something, you can pretty well take it to the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know of, of him to be one to reverse and flip flop at all. He digs in, doubles down, and even if it cost him his job, uh, I remember very clearly. That <laughs> Right, and you know, but you know, yeah, we'll we'll show you the tax returns after the election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've got, uh, and we we've got to go ahead, and then we've got a number of folks who who'd like to get on, uh, and also uh, you know on the show. And uh, for those out there, and let me go ahead get get to the chat for those who'd like to call in three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. Uh, Susan, uh, Suzette, I should say, uh, pointed out uh, Graham Cassidy bill allowed for states to decide uh, for themselves what they wanted to do for uh, the health care coverage, uh, basically turning power back to the states that Obama took away. Uh, Trump time, Trump has tried shaming uh, and meeting with them and having dinner. Last uh, bill, Trump uh, negotiated with naysayers. They agreed to face his face vote yes and uh, the opposite. Um, okay, sounds good. Uh, we, we've got some other callers uh, coming in. We'll, we'll uh, bring everyone around in our roundtable discussion, of course. And then uh, one of the things, this is kind of what Flycatch here uh, was saying, our elected representatives are self-serving SOBs. Uh, didn't Trump just call people SOBs not so long ago? Uh, uh, 
you know, on the sit on the voter. And so, uh, and we also got, uh, let's see, no heat sinker. I'm trying to get, now see how I can't get my, this thing works. Anyway, uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll check out the link heat sinker in a little bit. And I appreciate the, you sending that. And another way you could send uh, messages to me as well uh, that would last longer as well is go ahead and you can contact me from going to the Bard's Logic Political Talk website and go to the contact portal at www.bardlogicpoliticaltalk.com, and then you can uh, send me a message, and that's a great place to send me links as well. Uh, so that, go, uh, that goes in. Uh, he goes to me. And so, well, we've got three folks on this. We've got uh, Susan on. We have John. We have Kathy. Uh, so we'll get Kathy in, then John and Susan. Just put them in in the order that they called in. And then uh, we do have other folks on the line. So if you want to chime in, push the one on your number dial, and I will get you into the show. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and welcome Kathy. Thank you very much, Kathy, for coming to the show. How are you today? Hey, Robert. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on for a minute. Oh, you're welcome. What do you got going on? Well, you know what? I'm, before I tell you what's going on, and you kind of know, I want to comment, and I probably shouldn't because I didn't hear much of it. This situation with um, uh, Trump supporting Strange and and more, I I sit back and watch. Don't I, I don't want to be fair weather friends with Trump because Trump's extremely brilliant, and he has to play a lot of what I call Twister. And, and what he's doing to get through the swamp. And I know firsthand by the two or three major issues that we're fighting through that that swamp goes all the way to hell. It really does. So when I saw Sarah Palin come out and Bannon come out and Herman Cain come out in support of Moore and they're saying we're not going against Trump, we're helping Trump, it was almost like it was arranged that way. And Trump is now 100% supporting Moore. So... Don't be too hard on Trump on that one. I don't know what the behind the scenes was, um, but he is supporting more 100%. And with Palin coming in, I think she was and Bannon, they wouldn't do anything against Trump. Um, so, having said that, that's my own opinion. Um, Robert, as you know, uh, and this is getting off into a totally different topic, um, we have a situation going on, and I don't know how many people are aware that the Senate Intel Committee uh, had a or having had a meeting. They're bringing in Facebook, Twitter, and Google uh, to debrief them. And evidently, there is a hearing coming up uh, November 1st, and it goes to the Senate House Committee. I believe it is. But anyway. Uh, Today and in tomorrow behind closed doors, they will be talking to the Twitter executives, and they want, they're asking these social media giants, it's like a big major setup, social media giants, how Russia could use social media to collude and, and, and mess with the election. Um, what we did is seize the moment. And seizing the moment means a few of us, and a very few of us can can do it, called all seven, seven, eight uh, of the GOP senators that are on the Senate Intel Committee and to let them know exactly how bad it is with Twitter. 
And I know that the other social media giants are horrible, but Twitter, we've got so much experience with and research on Twitter. They are so much worse. Uh, so what I wanted to, to bring up is ask your um, listeners to, again, go to our teapartyfireant.net website, and there's two things there I wanted to take a glance at. One is the letter we sent to President Trump that was hand-delivered to Trump, also sent to, it's certified letters, also sent to Attorney General Jeff Sessions, uh, House, House Rep Jim Jordan, both lawyers at Twitter, and Twitter's quote-unquote safety person, Del Harvey. So that is that letter, and screenshots are on there, letting them know what's going on within Twitter. Then, uh, as of yesterday, we put up a page uh, that people can go to. It's called Questions Congress Needs to Ask Twitter. That is for this debriefing, the supposed debriefing. Um, so we put that on there, and we started Facebook and emailing and especially calling those uh, senators. There's, uh, there's a lot of background noise somewhere. If we can... Uh, you know, keep that in a minute. I don't know which one that's which mic that's coming from, but we got we got some background stuff going on. Go ahead. Okay. Anyway, if they'll go to TeaPartyFinance.net and look at the questions, Senate well, must well. ask Twitter. That gives them a lot of background and uh, uh, on what was going on. Plus, oh, and a couple of weeks ago, I got to meet Judge Janine, so it's got my picture on there with Judge Janine. She also now has all of that information. So hopefully she's going to look at that, and I'd like to get some coverage on it. It needs to be. But um, in any event, I was pleasantly surprised at the interest that the Senate offices had in all the information we have regarding the liberal, leftist, Trump-hating Twitter executives and lawyers and safety department because – what they did to us, as you as you know, um, as far as shutting our group down and, and allowing these their leftist people to attack us, and my my Twitter account is a hundred percent shadow banned. So if you look at my Twitter account right now, it is primarily going after their lawyers, saying, "Hey, you've been apprised of all of this. My account's still shadow banned. You're still letting your people attack me, and you're you're keeping us from functioning." So. All of this has to be brought out into the open, and they're not just doing it to our group because of political retribution, and it is, for getting the Benghazi Select Committee co-sponsors of the majority of them. Now they won't let us function at all, and I can't promote the movie. I can't do anything out there. But if you've noticed, and anybody that uses Twitter or Facebook, it's, it's horrible when you are being censored to the point that those of us that are activists and using it for active um, to be an activist, uh, you can't you can't do anything else. So what they're doing is they are shadow banning Twitter, especially shadow banning all the people that say anything that doesn't fit their agenda, and that means supporting Trump, supporting the conservative causes, the House reps, the senators, and it's they can literally affect the midterm elections, and they can certainly. Uh, affect the 2020 elections and would not allow Donald Trump to win again. 
So uh, if if everybody would look at that, I would love to see some activists out there pick up the telephones in the morning. Um, if you go to the website to that link, at the bottom of the page is a list of those seven or eight senators with their uh, phone numbers, Facebook pages, Twitter handles. But pick up the phone. They don't bite. Matter of fact, then tell them how concerned you are about what Twitter and these liberals are doing to silence the conservative voices out there and the conservative Christian voices and Trump supporters that can actually change what is going to happen in the next elections. Is there anybody out there that has noticed being censored at all or or shut down to where they can't be seen or do anything? Kathy, um, I've noticed that all the people that I used to, you know, when we were um, supporting the the Gingrich campaign, and I, I look at all those people that used to have, like, they would make a comment, they would they would have a status update, they would show a, a meme or a picture or something, and you would see hundreds of responses and, and um, um, you know, made all right. comments and things like that. Now I can go to some of those people and they've got 10 comments or you know, 20 likes or five likes. Um, I thought it said they're getting 10. They're doing great. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling yeah, I you, I think they are. I think what they're doing is they're, they're allowing um, notifications to go out to um, maybe, you know, a handful of people just so that they can say, um, you know, what, we're sending out your notifications, you know. But I think they're actually holding back notifications um, f- from uh, f- from people, you know, posting things on Facebook. Now I don't tweet. I don't tweet, so I don't know how it's hap- What's going on on tweet? But um, um, that's the what that's what I'm experiencing. And the only people that get on my Facebook page now and see my posts are people that come to my page to look and see what I've got on there. Otherwise, right. you don't know I've, I've, that I've posted something. Right, and I've noticed that too. There are a couple of things on the Facebook side of the world there is my notifications from my cell phone, you know, when you I kind of just live on this droid, and, and you'll see somebody posted a minute ago and somebody posted an hour ago. Somebody else posted an hour ago. Somebody posted two hours ago, and it stays there. And I'm yeah. like, there's, I've got over a thousand followers or friends. I should be seeing a whole heck of a lot more than the same six darn notifications for you know hours of time. And I've also, I think I was, I don't know if Robert, if it was Robert, I was telling or not, but not long ago I got so aggravated I was just posting silly things on Facebook. And I, I told somebody I said I could post Old McDonald had a farm e i e i o and get more likes and comments than putting any of our <laughs> yeah. links on there, yeah, anything political, and any of our links. And I did it. I did it one night, and I said, oh, I was keeping my granddaughter, and I was doing, the, oh, McDonald had a farm, yeah, yeah, oh. And I did. I actually got more likes and, and stuff on that, and one I did prior that was a kind of a cutesy little thing, and one of them had like 50 or 60 likes and comments. I can put our activist links, our Tea Party Finance links, or our movie link, and nobody can freaking see it. 
It's not that they don't care or don't like it. Who doesn't want to know about the letter to Trump that got hand-delivered? Who doesn't want to see the picture of Judge Jeanine and, and, and what we gave her? Nobody's interested in that at all? Or are yes, they are, but they're not, they don't have a clue that you've posted anything because they're not right, getting your exactly. notification. Exactly. So yeah. th- that's part of it on Facebook. Now, in my opinion, when we moved from Facebook after the new days and found Twitter, Twitter is a much better activist tool. When you use it like we did to tweet directly to the reps, and was able to get their attention because it's like the public square, and they they pay attention to that. Anytime that you are getting your message to the reps on Facebook or Twitter, their communications people, I was told anyway, print those off and give them to the reps if the reps aren't the ones doing their own tweets and things anyway. Sometimes they do. And so when you do that repetitiously like we did, on the Benghazi Select Committee for HR 36, they they saw us every night for three or four hours a night for 17 months. You can't get anybody out there to do anything for 17 minutes, let alone 17 months. So we did that, and they got to know us, and they were retweeting us, and they were signing on to the Select Committee. Without those co-sponsors for HR 36, the Benghazi Select Committee wouldn't have happened. And without the Benghazi Select Committee, they would not have uncovered Hillary's email scandal. And without Hillary's email scandal and Comey coming out, and Hillary said it herself, and it's quoted on our page uh, and her campaign person, had Comey not come out on October the 28th, again, to reopen that for whatever reason, he did. That's what she says, and, and so did Alan West and Craig Gowdy, cost her the other votes to the election. Yeah, and, and, and I, I don't know. I might take um, I may take a little bit of uh, pause on that. Uh, I mean, did that have an effect? I, I certainly do. Uh, if it would not have happened, would Hillary Clinton still? Would Hillary Clinton won? I, I would have to. I would have to. A number, John. I'm going to get you on the line, and you too, Susan. Um, and, and I'll do that after this comment. Uh, but I'd have to disagree because I mean, I went out to five, six Trump rallies. And, you know, of course, we've talked to people, you know, all around the country during the campaign. And did it, did it make some influence? I think it certainly did. Would she have lost without him coming back out? I still think she would have lost. I mean, there was just such a – unless the powers that be, you know, and I wish uh, we, we could have had Kelly and, and Jim call in to talk about, you know, their efforts with the voter fraud, you know, with the electronic voter fraud, I think uh, – there was definitely a possibility of that happening, but I believe because the awareness of that was out there, I, I think the powers that be decided you know, to not move ahead with it. Uh, because, I mean, it really was a movement, you know, for Trump. And I really oh, think even if that didn't come out, Hillary Clinton still won. I think the only way Hillary Clinton could have won is if there was some kind of electronic voter fraud where they, they literally got into the machines and changed people's votes. That's what I think on there. But let's go ahead and, and let's bring John in. And, uh, John, uh, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine. Uh, Man, there is a lot of stuff going on with what everybody's talking about. Um, Just to kind of back up. John, real quick, before before you go into into it, and and you're going to add your time, I promise. But first, what I'd like you to do, 
because we have, you know, the audio we play with the uh, the Patriot Journalist Network, right? You know, when I play that audio, okay, the, the, the guy that got uh, he got that to me, he's on the call tonight as well, okay? And so I, I told him that you did that verbatim, and if you feel like you could still do that, I would really like you to do that right now because that was a, <laughs> I think you could have done better than even I, than, than I could have done it. I mean, you did that word for word. Is that something you feel like you'd still be able to do? Robert, you're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on blog talk radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. That's awesome. <laughs> there you go, John. And, and Mark, that you can like a Go ahead, Mark. Can you do it backwards? I used to do the Budweiser thing backwards. <laughs> but I was drunk at the time. Hey, <laughs> it's it's tough enough to do it forward. <laughs> yeah, but you did, you did a great job even the first day. He surprised me, and he surprised me with it as well. Uh, he, he did. He surprised me. I mean, he just because I couldn't get it going, and then he just uh, it just went off and just did it, and it was it was, it was pretty uh, it was pretty impressive. <laughs> so impressive. I, was, I was definitely impressed you, by sir. that, John. Uh, Robert, I uh, think but, but get, get ahead with your thoughts for tonight. I think it was because you were in an emergency situation and you couldn't get it worked that it just transpired inside of me to try to stand in the gap and help you out. So well, I, I appreciate it. I, I hope your your normal recording works most of the time because it, I, my nerves go. I, I kind of get jittery and stuff trying to keep it because <laughs> I want to do it perfect, and it's very. You did I, it I like perfect. I can't do it perfect because the guy who did it is perfect. I'm not. I'm just a stand-in pinch hitter whenever you need me in an emergency. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, John. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you, you really came through on, on that night. So, I mean, as I said, it was verbatim, word, word for word. And uh, we, we were able to get it tonight, uh, the, the show. But go ahead. What, what's your thoughts on this evening's topic? Well, um, I, I did want to kind of back up a moment and touch on the. I think a part of what, I think Kathy was just saying reflects back at what Cindy was asking about and why Trump changed from repeal ACA to repeal and replace. It, it seems like once he got into office, all these people in the you know elitist and Washington establishment group surrounded him so much, and then he realized how many people there are in America that they believe that, oh, the government owes it to them, that he felt, well, from a political standpoint and for not um, getting too many people riled up and rioting and, and acting like Ferguson and Baltimore and burning down the buildings and stuff, he needed to figure out how to make a replacement. So, therefore, he decided, well, just to you know make sure we don't burn down any buildings and stuff because so many of these people expect to have their health care now that we better go ahead and try to find a replace, too. So he just added it. That's my two cents on that particular thing. And I think there's some validity to that because you got to be careful. People in our in America, once they get these entitlements, just like Mark was saying, it's unconstitutional. There is not an enumerated power that gives them that right to 
do that whatsoever. It's just like the Social Security, um, Medicare and Medicaid. They're totally unconstitutional. But at the same time, to these handouts, and if you start trying to claw back those handouts, they're going to start throwing a hissy fit and burning down the house because they just don't understand our founding and, and why the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution exists there. So they figure, hey, they can use the government as a weapon to get what they want, and it's their piggy bank. They get to use the piggy bank to, you know, basically fund anything that they want, their pet projects, but the rest of us can't unless we're, we have some kind of special um, accomplice connection and colluding with the people who are in the positions of power who manipulate the levers. Now, one other thing in response or kind of in reflection to what Kathy was talking about, you know, they're having meetings, too. If you go, I like C-SPAN. C-SPAN doesn't give you any commercials, and I can l listen to these people do their dog and pony show right there on the screen and hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, even though you know it's just some kind of marionette puppet con, you know, dramatization because they're never going to tell you the truth about what they're really doing. So you got to take what you hear in C-SPAN and then dig in deeper. But they are, like I've mentioned on other shows, they continue to, the Congress, the establishment group and stuff, they continue to pass laws and bills consolidating power to different groups within the, um, you know, the bureaucracy agencies and stuff that are out of our reach. We don't elect them, and, and our government, our Congress and stuff, they give them these wide open-ended sweeping bills, and then they say, okay, you guys make the rules and laws and processes and procedures about those issues, and then you and I, are subject to those who have no control. And you might want to look up H.R. 1039. That's one where they're trying to deputize um, these probation officers so they can actually act as a police officer. And, you know, just more people to track, surveillance, monitor, and control you and I. And that's just what Obamacare is all about. It's just another step and them being able to data mine all your information and make sure that they can monitor, track, control, and surveil you and make sure that you can't position yourself in any position where you can actually start exercising your right to your ownership exercise rights of self-governing. You know, self-governing is your intellectual property, but they deprive you of that all the time. But you might want to look up HR 2169 also. That's a data information sharing thing that they're doing, and they're actually working it out where they can data share with these foreign company, countries, the foreign CIA companies and stuff, so they can make a network throughout the world to track people and, and monitor them and stuff. Now, I don't know how deep it goes and to what level it works in with the UN, but it was very concerning. And then there's the HJ Res 34 or SJ Res 34, where they're giving corporations and technology companies the right to uh, to data mine and collect all of your data and actually use it on their behalf and trade with it like it's their property and stuff. Again, it's like invasion of privacy is gone, bro. And it, these type of things just really bug me and. You know, I thought everybody ought to need, need to know, and it ties in kind of with a little bit of what Kathy was speaking about, too, because they are doing these special counsel discussions with lawyers right now to find out what they can do to try to entrap Trump and control him 
and then they're also bringing in the data companies and whatnot to figure out how they can continue that. Uh, uh, they already got a business deal with them already, but they're trying to figure out how they can take it to the next level to have more access to more data and control, and it's just crazy. But that's why I like C-SPAN. It's the best network on TV. Back to you, Robert. Well, I appreciate that, John. Yeah, I used to watch that pretty pretty regularly myself, actually. Uh, that, was, that was one of my favorite. Bore, uh, you know, bored everybody around me to death, but I still <laughs> love to watch it. So here's what we're going to do here with our roundtable discussion tonight. Uh, we are going to bring Susan into the show, and then we're going to bring it back to you, Mark. Uh, we do have some other callers on. If you'd like to chime in, push the one on your number dial, and I will get you into the show. And uh, also, uh, for those in chat, uh, uh, just give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, looks like uh, our friend Suzette has uh, left the chat, so we want to thank her for coming in. And she uh, put in before she, she had to go or, or she went. Uh, Facebook, she's experienced, looks like she's experienced some censorship uh, when posting conservative videos, example, Mark, Dice, et cetera. Uh, it just looks like she's had uh, some problems there, too. Not not so much with Twitter, uh, but she has with Facebook. Uh, and what I find it, that after it's coming, I'll get Susan in, and we'll bring her to you, Mark, is that what I find ironic is, you know, what's going on with the censorship between, uh, you know, on, on conservatives uh, with Facebook and Twitter, and then you have the people, executives from those two companies who are going to be testifying in front of the you know, uh, the Intelligence Committee, Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, on the uh, the so-called uh, Trump collusion, uh, whatever they want to call it. I, I find it uh, interesting and, of course, problematic uh, about that as well. But let's go ahead and bring in uh, Susan, and we'll bring it back to Mark. Thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hi. I'll have to leave at 10 because i got a long day tomorrow, and had a long day today and <laughs> haven't been sleeping very good. So anyway, oh okay. Well, I didn't go to sleep till around seven the other day. Oh my gosh! Whew. In the morning. That sounds like one of my weekends. Okay. <laughs> ah okay. Well, I had several things <laughs> to talk on. Um, I I I don't know if you touched on the NFL stuff. Uh, uh, we, haven't, we haven't touched I'm, on that yet. Uh, we, we, we will get to that. Um, you know, we got plenty well, of time. There's still almost about an hour and a half left of the show, half the show left, but go ahead. But I know you, well, you got to go. You, you, it's fine for you to mention it. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I wanted to read you something, and I may have to do a blog on World War One because it really wasn't necessary. But we had a, a president named Wilson. And he not only declared war on Germany, but also on our U.S. Constitution and free speech. He arrested and jailed Americans for merely speaking against the war or opposing his policies. So listen well, because if you don't allow the rights of the First Amendment to reign, then somehow in some way yours will be taken away also. No matter if it's stupid and unpopular, it must be allowed. I'm just saying. Now, I don't like how they're acting. You betcha I don't. However... If I don't defend their right to do it, even if I don't have to buy the product or watch them anymore because I object to it, I have to defend their right to do it because it is a peaceful protest. And we don't want a President Wilson, President Trump, doing this to our people because they're speaking out, you know, 
as long as they're not rioting or doing anything offensive that way, you know, breaking cars and doing stuff in the streets and destroying property, we have to allow it. Now, uh, I've got a picture that I loaded in here uh, in in my group. Um, Remember Tim Tebow took a knee? After touchdowns, oh, yeah, uh-huh. the NFL and the players flipped out. Yeah, that's kind of a double thing because now people are flipping out. Uh, they should have not thinking about Tim Tebow if they were going to do this themselves, you know, because he stood for the anthem. So yeah, there is, the hypocrisy uh, abound. Go ahead. Yes, it it does. I agree with you. That's that's horrible that they that they did that. And I'm going to touch on Hillary. I have I have never she might like that you know no go ahead go ahead <laughs> she got rid of Bernie and cheated <laughs> she's still gloating over beating Bernie by nearly four million votes but she cheated on him she cheated him out of a whole bunch of votes he would have won if she hadn't threatened and cheated and all that she's she's saying women caused it because their husbands. They followed what their husbands ordered them to do, which is to vote for Trump. Oh, white women, white women caused it, uh, <laughs> and uh, Biden caused it. <laughs> Her own husband caused it. I have never seen anyone come up with so many excuses in my life. She's just not going to take any blame for herself. Nothing. The Russians did it. This one did it. That one did it. it caused her all these problems. It amazes me how her imagination just rolls along and no one says, this woman's crazy in the head. I mean, seriously, I've never... And how can you when you have people that are so nuts anymore because personhood is demanded for the Colorado River now. They want to make it into personhood, the river. The next, you you can bet your bottom dollar that someone will marry the river because you're <laughs> personhood. Okay, I mean, if you want to protect it so it doesn't get polluted or damaged, okay, fine. But personhood, seriously, and these people. Well, which is also ironic because what they want to give they want to give personhood to a uh, to a river, but they don't want to give personhood to a fetus. That that doesn't make sense. Well, I. I never said it made sense. That's what I said. They're nuts and they're voting, you know, and I totally, this is why we're askew in this world. And as for Judge Moore, I've been posting stuff. I don't know if you know the studio in the group, but, you know, sign petitions or call and supporting, send money, anybody who has an extra, share this. I've been supporting him all the way along by posting stuff, you know, in here. So... Uh, and I'm really glad that you know Mitch McConnell is going to back the Democratic candidate. You know he is, even if it's a veiled support. Uh, I'm sure he'll go in that booth and vote for him. So uh, for the Democrat guy. So you know he's going to have a lot more on his plate because, and they'll have to come out and support him in some way, shape, or form. They won't have a choice because if he gets in there, McConnell is going to be in trouble. Because Moore isn't going to put up with his shenanigans. So, <clears throat> so you were talking about Judge Moore, yeah. I mean, and he, so we have to share oh, yeah. stuff in groups. 
we have to share stuff in groups or make comments and so other people can share it um, about what he does and what he's done and all that. He's a good man, you know. So, uh, and that gentleman that said he's having trouble on Facebook, was it? Uh, that they're only showing his funny stuff, E-I-E-I-O? Yeah, that was Kathy. Oh, oh, you got a couple of men on too. I apologize. Well, um, no, it's okay. We've run the gamut here, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Excuse me. She, she, you know, when you post it on your own timeline, they really nail you. They can nail you even in a group, but it's because if someone, you know, uh, reports you or does something like that. But if you go to a closed group like mine is, you can post more, you know, like some of the stuff she was. So she's welcome to come to my group uh, to post. And, uh, and some that's of her uh, stuff. the yeah, and that's government that's your um, yeah, government bites uh, b y t e s kind of playing words. And then and then b i t e s. Yeah, I'm sure. It's, sure it's, can, it's impressive. Uh, well, well, and, and I got. And I got Cindy earlier today uh, about Strange. I called her and, uh, and and told her that I actually supported Strange instead of more. <laughs> She's like, "What? You're wrong, Robert." <laughs> but I had, who, I had to tease her about Strange? that. I'm sorry. Who supported? Who who did you say I, supported I told Cindy Strange? I supported Strange. I told supporter. I told Cindy I supported Strange. We'd have to. But I was just, I was just joking. Hit you. <laughs> Listen oh, here. Okay. This is, this... Uh, I think Cindy needs to join me, and we'll become a. I had posted a new thing in the group about women warriors. Oh no, we just. Uh, legendary we just, we just Cindy. Just got, I get her back. Just yeah, got we just, yeah, we just lost Cindy. So if we get her back, go ahead, Susan. I'm sorry. Oh. Legendary Vikings got a DNA test, and one of the warrior women was really tall, and she was a woman, not a man. So there was women that were leading some of the Viking groups. <laughs> I says, well, maybe we should all pick up their um, women, pick up how, what they wore and have the swords and go to Congress. <laughs> I don't know what they do, but <laughs> so I thought that Am was I back cool. on? Yeah, you're back on. You're back on, Cindy. I my got cheek, you back in. My cheek hung up on on you guys. Anyway, you, you need to be careful. You do, was, that, you do that a lot. And actually, uh, that, that's a, that's a good segue. That's, that's a good that's a good segue into our uh, uh, into my little programming note. Is we got about 29 minutes into the uh, the live portion of the show. For those out there uh, listening to the chat and not called in, uh, so yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I thought the excellent point uh, made earlier about the, the fetuses. But uh, but uh, as a programming note, for those who are in the chat and not called in, unfortunately your audio will go out in about 28 minutes uh, unless you call in at 347-945-7428. Uh, but even though that audio was shut down, that does not mean the show is not still continuing. Uh, because what we're going to do is at that point we go into our extended period, which although it is not live, it is part of the podcast. Uh, so uh, you call in, uh, you'll still be uh, a part of the show. 
Uh, so give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, even if you uh, just want to listen in, uh, that is uh, appreciated as well. I do see other folks on the line, uh, such as uh, Eric at 719. Uh, there's a 614. There's others, but if you'd like to chime in, uh, push the one on your number dial, and uh, I'll get you into the show. Uh, we'll just take you in a little green room, just get your name, and, and even if it's a pseudonym, we have some people do that uh, for that. So how, how are we going to do it here? Uh, and, and also for those who are on the call, make sure that your phones or whatever uh, device you are using to call in is fully charged because, unfortunately, after the top of the hour, if you do uh, drop, the call does drop, and then, unfortunately, we will lose, uh, you know, you won't be able to get you back in. So make sure those are, are nice and charged up for you. And so uh, what we'll do is, you know, we got our roundtable discussion. Uh, uh, a lot of folks on, but we're also, of course, welcome for more. So let's go ahead and bring things back around uh, to Mark, and uh, then we'll bring it over to you, Cindy, and then we'll bring things back around uh, on the table. And, Susan, uh, just let me know about five minutes before you've got to go. Just yell out or something. Uh, that you know, because okay. I knew you said you got to go, because I want to be able to get your final thoughts for tonight. Uh, so I, I don't want you to uh, go without us being able to do that for you. Okay, Susan. All right. Okay. And again, folks, uh, 26 minutes. And uh, if you want to be uh, listening or be a part of the extended period, which we sometimes lovingly call Barnes Logic After Dark, give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight, and let's bring it back to you, Mark. Thank you. Hey, Robert. Um, let me kind of sum up a lot of the discussion tonight. Oddly enough, gets back to the First Amendment. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about Twitter a minute and shadow banning. Uh, I have finally come up with an operational definition of what shadow banning is, uh, and it is a disciplinary action that Twitter takes against you. But here's the, the effect. When you post something, it does appear on your profile page as it as it always would. The only thing I can find is that if you use a hashtag in your tweet and you do a subsequent search on that hashtag, by the way, you, the shadow banned account, can actually see your own tweets in that, tw in that hashtag search, but others cannot. So they're pretty sneaky there. Uh, let me start by saying Twitter is a company, and they can do whatever the hell they want to do. None of us are entitled to a Twitter account whatsoever in any way. It is not included in our First Amendment rights that are constitutionally protected. Um, that being said, um, we have had a few uh, Patriot Journalist Network uh, members shadow banned. And, of course, the funny thing about Twitter, when they take adverse action against you, they don't specify what you did. They just point you to their terms of service and say you did, you did something in there. <laughs> Um, that isn't very helpful, but <clears throat> what I've tried to coach our team to do is, one, understand none of us are entitled to tweet. We're, we're simply not entitled to it. Twitter can arbitrarily say, no, you can't tweet, period. We woke up this morning and just decided you can't. They don't need a reason. Now, what we try to do is find out how do we comply and be good citizens on Twitter, because you're not doing much good for the cause if you're sidelined by the referee. So what we found, and I don't know the answer yet, but basically what they did is laid low and then reduced the volume of their tweets. But 
it, it, you'll have to kind of find out where have if you want to get and they were by the way taken off the shadow ban subsequently so uh, the burden is upon the tweeter to find out what the heck am I doing that is triggering shadow banning as a disciplinary action it's short of suspending your account they're trying to you know but they're trying to rein you in and if you don't like the way they're doing it well it's their company there's not a whole lot you can do about it now <clears throat> Robert, if we will, uh, let's follow up offline. I am developing a body of evidence that I believe to be a smoking gun that conservative evangelicals are being banned or censored on YouTube. By that, I do not mean I can't publish the material, but I have literally, just to give you a, a glimpse into it, uh, while Bill for America, if anybody knows him, uh, has had – Many, about 90% of his videos, tagged by YouTube as, quote, not suitable for all advertisers. In fact, some of my videos have been tagged that way, probably about, I don't know, 10% or less. Well, when that happens, any monetization uh, commercials that run on your videos dry up because the placements uh, have a standard filter – uh, that their ads won't be placed on your videos, and, and Wild Bill for America is suffering greatly because of it. Well, here's what I did, Robert. I bought some ads on Wild Bill for America's channel. How many have played? This was a week ago. I've got an active bid and a budget. Not a single one has played. Well, hmm. Whoa. But you purchased Now, there's it, right? a difference here. Well, you, the way it works is you bid for it. You, you put in a bid, and you could be outbid by other advertisers, but we have watched, myself and my team, have watched Wild Bill for America videos where no ad was played. None. Mm. Well, wait a minute. I've got a bid. I'm saying I want to buy an ad. Now, Robert, there's a difference here legally. Remember the days back when there was a sign on the restaurant door that said this, we reserve the right to refuse service to anybody. That's against the law, Robert. That is a constitutional issue of, of you know civil rights. Okay, so I don't I do not buy the argument that we have a civil right to be on Twitter. Okay, but I do believe that I as a customer can't be refused service because I'm trying to advertise on a channel now, I don't have all my body of evidence put together yet, but if you want to do a show on social media uh, mistreating or otherwise infringing upon our rights, I think that would probably be a better direction to go. Uh, I'll wind up with the NFL. Um, <laughs> I hate it when people disrespect our flag. I hate it. It makes me very angry. But I do defend their right to do that. Here's the problem in the NFL. If you're a player on a team, you don't get to decide what color helmet you're going to wear. You don't get to decide your jersey or your number or anything else because you're part of a team. See, a team has a leader. It's called a coach. And I'm calling upon the coaches to make a decision. Uh, as a coach, they can say, if you're on this team, you will show respect for the flag during the Pledge of Allegiance and during the National Anthem. 
Now, again, I'm not infringing on the right of that player to express their opinion. They can buy a ticket and go sit in the stands. But if they're going to be on the team, they're, they're, it's, it's not them anymore. They are a member of a team, and a team does things together as a team. So I call upon the coaches to say we either respect our flag and our national anthem or we don't. And in the meantime, I'm not watching NFL. And with that, I will turn it back over to you, my man. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, just, we'll, we'll see what's uh, going to happen. Time. There's actually a rule on them. I'll bring it over to, uh, to Catherine real quick, too. She's got to do, do something uh, and then go. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see how that uh, how that plays out. But first, uh, let's go. And then we, well, I want to bring it over to you, too, uh, Cindy. But I want to have uh, people's attention over to him. Thank you, Suzette, for sending me. Suzette is in the chat, uh, who is also part of the uh, uh, Patriot Journalist Network, PJNet. Uh, also has a blog talk radio program, uh, and you can find a link to that on the Bard's Logic Political Talk Facebook page. Uh, and the way, of course, you find the Facebook page is just go to uh, – I think they've got a link here on blog talk radio, but also a Facebook user just put in Bard's Logic Political Talk. You'll find the page. Yeah, I'd appreciate it if you liked it, if you would. Uh, but then also you can find the link by scrolling down to her podcast, uh, which is uh, blog talk radio uh, dot com and Suzette Live Talk and uh, I got the link there and it's got a, a, a picture of the, a cute little picture of a long haired brown haired uh, lady there a girl uh, which is a cute picture uh, it's a cartoon like picture but still um, but anyway so yes check that out I, I don't you know I'll go there and see when you know what why don't I just go there and now and see when uh, we've got the shows um, trying to find uh, looks like uh, on Mondays. Uh, maybe well, I hate when these pop-up ads keep coming up. Okay, looks like Monday, uh, maybe different times, uh, but looks like maybe at 11:30 a.m. Maybe if she's still in the chat, uh, yeah, she's still in the chat. Give us a a time, uh, Suzette, uh, when you're when you're on the show, or if you want to give it a personal plug, give us a call at 347-945-7428, and it looks like it says Sunday night at 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, so if you like to get a physical plug, uh, you're welcome to do so. Uh, and so I do have someone uh, do have someone on 719. I do see you'd like to get into the show. Uh, we'll get some uh, get you to the green room in a minute. We can get you into the, the program. Uh, but first, uh, we've got about 15 minutes before the top of the hour. Uh, we'll be able to keep up. Uh, as many here as we can. Uh, so go ahead. I know you got to go, Kathy. Uh, go ahead and uh, finish up, and then we'll go ahead and bring it uh, back to you, Cindy, as promised. And then we are going to uh, bring things down the line uh, and then bring in 719. If you've got any uh, questions or comments, uh, we'll, we'll get you in as well. And then, of course, about 5 to the hour, we do want to get uh, Susan in for she can get her uh, closing thoughts as well. Uh, and so let's go ahead and uh, bring things back around. Uh, go ahead, Kathy, and then 719, I'll be bringing in the green room shortly to uh, get your name uh, and get you into the show. Go ahead, Kathy. All right, thanks. I do, yeah, thank you. I've got, I do have to run. I've uh, got a phone appointment in a minute. But I do want to make one quick thing. Uh, the guest before, no, Twitter is a publicly held corporation. So the, I've talked to people in the oversight committee when you're an activist using it as an activist tool or the conservatives, Christians, Trump supporters are being targeted to be shadow banned, censored, silenced, 
They don't even have to bother shutting your page down anymore. They just make you invisible. And it is a criminal act for them to shadow ban an account when they are intentionally um, um, keeping you from your raising money for your business, your fundraiser, your movie projects, whatever. So th- what they are doing is silencing the Trump supporters and those of us that were working to get co-sponsors for various resolutions successfully, and ours dates back three years. So, yes, talk to the Oversight Committee. They they can do an investigation of Twitter. They can hold their feet to the fire. It's an alternative media source, and some consider it a monopoly. So there are things that can be done. That's why I wanted to ask everyone, if you've got 30 minutes tomorrow morning before noon or so, Call, uh, on TeaPartyFinance.net, under the um, uh, questions, Congress must ask Twitter, at the bottom of that page, the seven or eight senators off, uh, that are on that intel committee are listed with their uh, D.C. numbers. They've been great. Matter of fact, they've been extremely interested, very concerned about what's been going on at Twitter. And to the point that I tweeted to them intentionally and they went to look on the on the senator's pages and could not see the tweet, but could go to my page and see the tweet that was on the thread. That caused them alarm because what they're doing is they are interfering with the the uh, people to support the the Republican side, the Trump causes, anything that, that's supporting our side. And if they can stop us from being able to communicate with our GOP uh, congressman and with President Trump, where it looks like nobody's supporting them, that's the only way that we've all been able to get our news and get our um, we were able to get co-sponsors for resolutions. So please call, take, go on uh, TeaPartyFinance.net, go to questions, Congress must ask Twitter, call those numbers at the bottom of the page, and just ask them to please make sure they ask Twitter tomorrow. Uh, hold their feet to the fire on those questions and what's going on there. Appreciate it. Thank you, Robert, for having me on. And um, y'all have a uh, start dialing. We need some activists out there that can do some of that. See you later. Hey, welcome. Uh, and take care. Have a good night. Uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, definitely need people to get out there and get things done. Uh, and so, Bye, Kathy. You know, thanks, Vinny. Bye. And, and definitely, uh, we need to get some uh, things done. And so let's go ahead, and we do have uh, 9 and 9. I will be getting you in the green room, get you into the call. Uh, let's go ahead and welcome our friend Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly. Uh, again, from California, coming uh, to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, from California, man. It's nuts. Oh, my and gosh. You're breaking company. up, Kelly. There uh, you go. Is that better? Is that better? Okay. That's yeah, uh, hello from California. Hello from California, the land of fruits and nuts, and also software. <clears throat> um, boy, this Twitter issue. There's some legal challenges to this argument. Some are screaming, "Oh, you know, I got put in Twitter jail or Facebook jail." Um, there's several arguments to this. Oh, it's freedom of the press. Okay, okay, okay. Land, uh, landmark case, Hill versus Henkel. The individual may stand upon his constitutional rights as a citizen. 
Um, he, his power to contract is unlimited. He owes no duty to the state to open his doors to investigation as it may tend to incriminate him. His rights are existing as the laws of the land long antecedent before the organiza- organization of the state and can only be taken from him by due process of the law and in accordance with the Constitution. What did it just say? The individual's rights are absolutely supreme, including the right to contract. His power to contract is unlimited. What that means is we may con- we may contract away rights. If you ever had a traffic ticket, uh, do you want the right... Do you waive your right to time for a speedy trial? No, because the officer ain't there in 45 days. You got to dismiss his case, which I've won a few traffic cases that way. That's you know, officer doesn't show up. But if you waive your right to time, they could drag it out for years and years and years. So you can contract away your rights. You can contract away uh, a whole bunch of rights to other to another individual. For example, when you contract, let's see, as an engineer, I contract away my time for somebody else's dollars. Sign the contract, they've lost the right to those dollars. I've lost the right to my time. It's devoted to their project. This all relates to Twitter, okay? There's one legal argument. You signed a contract that they can put you in Twitter jail, and they can censor your postings according to what their opinions are and what their standards are. As a minute. You have contract. Yeah, I mean, and and that you've also agreed to, in their terms and conditions, that uh, we at Twitter can change and amend our policies and standards whenever we feel like, and since you agreed to future amended changes, they can make the policy because we have gas on your on our stomach, we're not going to post because we don't have to, because we're a private business and we have the right to refuse service to anybody. The right to contract is unlimited. Somebody walks in my store, no thank you, get out. Oh, and by the way, you're trespassing. I don't have to serve you. Customer isn't always right. In my line of work, customers are not very right very often because, well, they're not an engineer and they don't know how to solve their problems. Okay, so that argument is real simple based on Hale versus Henkel, the individual has contracted away his rights, and therefore they can be put in Twitter jail all the time. Now, here's the other side, in which eventually this will end up in the Supreme Court's hands to decide things. On the other hand, a corporation, i.e. Twitter, and again, Hale versus Henkel, discerns between a citizen's individual rights versus a corporation's rights. The corporation is actually quite a bit of um, – is quite subject to the laws of the state or the laws of the federal government. So on the other side of this argument, the um, Congress might pass a law. Look, you cannot – as a corporation, since we have more authority over you than an individual, as a corporation, you cannot just um, block people you don't like. So it's a very interesting controversy, and the only way it's going to get resolved is by the United States Supreme Court when lawsuits come up. But be reminded that you did agree to their terms and policies 
which can be gas on their stomach and therefore they can block you. When Congress or state legislatures step in that require Twitter to stop the censoring, then it's going to turn into a lawsuit. And who's got billions of dollars? Oh, that's right, Twitter does, Facebook does, to defend themselves with attorneys against the state or the federal government. It's a very tricky, tricky situation. And, oh, wait a minute, those who would like to tell the corporation, you just can't block political opinions that you disagree with, we're going to invoke the Sherman Antitrust Act. We could just break up Twitter, or you could stop this behavior. So it's it's an interesting, what is the correct answer? I talk to a university professor who specializes in free speech and individual liberty and the right to contract and corporate law all in one. It's it's not it's it's not easy. That's what I'm trying to tell you all. And well, the burden of proof is uh, oh, okay, Mark. Does it sound like you want to chime in on that? I, well, I just wanted to add the comment. The burden of proof is. If you're going to prosecute Twitter saying you've cut off my account because of the opinions that I hold, uh, the burden of proof, it would seem to me, would be on the one that is asserting that. And and if you put yourself in Twitter's shoes, they're going to come back and say, well, what about all these other conservatives? Uh, we haven't taken adverse action against them. Uh, you know, it's 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 a tough row to hoe. And so what I advise my team to do is – Try to bring yourself, find out how to be in compliance and get back on the field of play. And let's get uh, the words from Suzette, who is also, as she stated in the chat earlier tonight, a member of the Patriot Journalist Network or PJNet or hashtag PJNet on Twitter. But let's go ahead and the host of her own blog talk radio show, which she's, I'm going to tell her to go ahead and tell us a little bit about. Uh, thank you very much, Suzette, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Thank you. I'm well, and thank you for having me on the show. I'm taking my You're call. You're welcome. Welcome back. <laughs> As per Twitter, um, I think they, since they are a private entity, they can do and say and make rules that they want, and we can decline to participate or deal with their rules, because if we start to take down different companies because they're not accepting our opinions or our views, you know, we start with McCarthyism and the whole, it, what's the point of having a private business then? We can't be private and have certain things your way. Um, I don't know. That's just my opinion on that. I, I think they should be able to do what they want to do. We may not like it, but that's just the way it goes. Create your own new website, social website, <laughs> draw attention there. In my opinion, anyway. So, see that live talk Sunday night, 10 p.m., and talk about events and topics, big and small. And um, that's it. Join me, see that LT. <laughs> that's it. I want to thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Do that. Good. Oh, I was just saying, I, want, I wanted to thank you for allowing me to plug my show. I'm new um, on the airwaves, so um, trying to get things started. And... I've been listening to you guys for quite a while. I don't always chime in because I'm also putting around the house taking care of chores and things, but um always listening. <laughs> are, are you the lady that does the Monday Night Show on History? Yes. 
Okay, well, I was looking for your 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 uh, show number for Monday nights. Oh, um, it was for Sunday nights. Oh, Sunday nights. Mhm. Yes. Oh, Sunday nights. Okay. Um, what was it? Sunday night big quizzes on history, uh, Constitution, and um, yeah, and I kind of quizzed out for a while. I'll be getting back to that soon. It's usually around the holidays, and I'll bring out the Constitution quizzes. Have some fun with oh, that. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, cool. What, uh, what can, can you do, Robert? Will you let her uh, do a plug for you, her show? Of course. Phone number or something? <laughs> yeah, you want to call one number and, yeah. I'm sorry? I, I, I didn't hear what you were saying. What's your oh, call-in what, number? What's your call-in number? Oh, it's 619-984-0467. Okay. Hey, Robert, if I listen to her show, will I commit uh, uh, blog talk adultery? Yeah, you know what? I would feel cheated upon. No, I'm just kidding. Because I tell you what, and, and Mark, can, Mark can attest to this, uh, you know, uh, well, we I've been Mark since 2012, and it is, it is that, you know, the the audio that we like to play, you know, nothing without, you know, oh, shoot. You know what? Let's just play it. This is, this is what working together. You're not just so. listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And that's what quite I was trying to do. It's nothing without uh, worthwhile gets done without teamwork. And uh, there was a a video that we used to play back in in 2012. Uh, And then, you know, I'm sure Mark remembers the video well. It was actually taken from uh, that movie Gladiator. The music was great. The video was great. It was it was awesome. I loved the video. I couldn't wait to watch it every night that we when we were, we were working. You know, you know, trying to get word out. You know, for the Gingrich campaign and then just you know, you know, things out mm-hmm. in general. And, and that's what. And when it says uh, the conservatives working together to take our country back, I mean, I feel at least at this point in time in, in our you know our recent history, uh, we we never. I don't think we never have. And, and we only got ninety seconds before. Uh, the time runs out for people out there. Three, four, seven, nine, four, five, seven, four, two, eight. Call them before then, or uh, you won't be able to call them later and keep your phones charged. Or if you get out of the call, we won't be able to get you back. But anyway, hey, is that hey, the, uh, I think just now, time-wise, real quick, Kelly, uh, is I, I think what you know right now is the, like the, the time I think for us to take our country back. Uh, more than it has been uh, quite some time. Go ahead, Kelly. Hi. Can, can I? Did, did you say Kelly? Huh? Um. Well, first, uh, Suzette, yeah, go ahead and Kelly, but actually, uh, and then I got a text I got to attend to as well, so go ahead. Oh, we just lost Cindy. I was just getting ready to uh, attend to her text. Go ahead, uh, Suzette and then Kelly. Oh, um, great commercial. I just wanted to comment on that. I sounded really good. <laughs> And that's about it. Um, I agree with the taking America back more than ever, more than ever, because it's slipping away way too quickly. And if we don't do something now and take action, I'm afraid we are going to lose it. 
forever. And that was Cindy. Uh, she had to, to go. Uh, that's why, you know, when, when people know it's, it's coming up, just go ahead and shout out. Because yeah, if, if I miss a message on, right. you know, a message from Facebook or text, if you got to go shout out and I'll get you your, your last, uh, your closing comments before you have to go. So. I, I, I'm ready. Okay, Susan. I know you were mentioned to be at the top of the hour, and then we're going to bring it back to you, Kelly. And then we'll bring uh, uh, John back in as well. And so go ahead and uh, your closing comments for this evening, Susan. Go ahead. Um, Sheila Jackson Lee, <laughs> she took a knee in Congress. <laughs> I didn't know if you knew that or not. Oh, yeah, um, I heard. Yeah, I heard I, about that. I've seen the video, too. I actually. was just worried that a couple of them are doing it. Ridiculous. To- Trying to get up gracefully, they may say, I see London, I see France, I see Sheila's underpants. Um, oh, okay. my God. We are <laughs> bars watching After Dark, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I thought I'd also tell you uh, about Madonna. Did you read that? Who's Madonna? She, oh, she's that has-been senior that uh, had a career at one point. <laughs> she was on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and she said, she is still having erotic dreams about meeting Obama. And after oh, all good. the crazy ones, they have kids, they vote. <laughs> I just don't get it. How are these people? They, they cannot be normal at all. And then last but not least, Anthony Weiner. Yes, I know you wanted to hear about him. <laughs> he sobs like a baby after he gets prison time. Uh, well, I I guess I Yeah, texting messages he can't do very easy. Uh, pity the wiener. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, there wasn't many in the group that pitied him. I don't think. Uh, Rosemary said, "Stock up on Vaseline." <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, little tidbits of. Uh, interesting, whatever. <laughs> Maybe Madonna and Wiener ought to get together. I don't know. <laughs> well, you, oh, just, well. You, you, you just wait till he gets out of prison and runs for uh, president with Eric Holder. Imagine that ticket. <laughs> uh, yes, I've seen yeah, that. Yes, the Wiener Holder ticket. That would be good. You'd get a couple of laughs out of it. <laughs> So anyway, um, you have a good week, and if I find anything I think I should send you, I certainly will. So, yeah, definitely do that. It would be appreciated. Okay. And if, good night, uh, lady. Okay, oh, good night. Oh, sorry. Good night, I didn't uh, you. Susan, I thought you were take done. Care. Yeah, uh, now, let's oh, get, get back to you, Kelly. I know you had to fish some things. We're going to bring John back in. Go ahead. Okay, I'm so sorry, Susan. I thought you were done. Did she go? Oh, she oh she's, sorry about yeah, that. She, she, okay, okay. She, that's right. okay. Yeah, she's going to go ahead. Okay, well, you know, they made a funny song since it's Barge Lives After Dark. They made a funny song about uh, Congressman Wiener, <clears throat> or politician Wiener. Oh, I wish I was a politician's Wiener. Okay, um, anyway. <laughs> oh, um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, oh, speaking of plugs, can I do a plug? Of course you can do a plug. Anyone here is allowed to do a plug. Go ahead. Well, depending on what your plug okay. is, just kidding. Go ahead. You're a part of the uh, so libertarian. Go ahead. Yeah. You, 
You're listening to uh, Bard's Logic, part of the Libertarian Patriot Network, where our goal is to take over the government and give it back to the people. Then we're going to go home, and we'll probably have a glass of wine and get stoned. Uh, no wine, no stoned. How about beer? And Well, that's maybe yeah, just beer. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but you did say okay, libertarian, okay, I'll say, so. And I, and okay, I, next, I do support right. the legalization of marijuana, so. All right, so so next time I do a plug, I'll say we're going to go home and have an adult beverage and maybe some marijuana, which might lead to adult noises. Okay, anyway. <laughs> You're incorrigible, Kelly, incorrigible. <laughs> See, this is the part, oh, well, everybody, this is the part of the show that everybody wait, waits up for because it, it, it's really <laughs> at least a little bit. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I I have a confession. If I couldn't laugh about our political mess, I think I would go crazy and disengage. You know, when the sad thing is you, you hit on a point there. Uh, is I think a lot of people have done that for a long time. That's kind of why we're in the the, the swamp we're in that needs to be cleaned up. But I, I really do think that, you know, we're at the cusp of the possi- at least the possibility uh, of draining that swamp. But I think, you know, as with our top topic tonight, not not to sound redundant, is, you know, with the the victory of uh, Roy Moore. And uh, if he does get in this, he's got a, uh, uh, quite a good chance of doing it. And, you know, I mean, the, the winning, you know, it's Alabama. Hopefully other states, you know, when they do primaries, it goes against the grain. But I hope uh, this is kind of a, a wake-up call for Trump to say, yeah, maybe, you know, he realizes his mistake in endorsing strains, and maybe he'll get behind those, you know, grassroots, true conservative, uh, you know, non-incumbent uh, candidates for those primaries to get a lot of these people out. And then if he truly – and I think that will be how he could truly show us, the, you know, the people who voted him in, that he really was serious about draining that swamp. Well, yeah, I, he's even saying Mitch McConnell is done. And, you know, I think Forrest Gump might be happy, and I wonder if – and Forrest Gump number two, if he's going to – Forrest Gump will appear in a movie scene with uh, Judge Roy. Um but yeah, uh, thirty million, thirty million, the GOP spent to defeat Roy Moore. I mean, if that doesn't tell everybody, we got to get rid of these uh, rhinos and good old boys, and we, we we're done. Okay, I mean, Forrest Gump would have enough sense, and that's the American people have spoken, at least in Alabama. Um, so yeah, I you Rainbow. know. <laughs> Greenbow, I guess elections are like a box of chocolate. Never know what you're going to get. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I, I was pretty happy about. But Trump, what were you thinking? Even uh, oh, what's his name? One of his advisors that resigned. He's, Trump should really reevaluate why he um, supported the other guy. I mean, that's even a message for Trump. Because Trump needs a Congress. What kind of Congress? One that'll do what Trump's trying to accomplish. Um, and the only way he can do that is to go out there and campaign and have a list of here's congressman I support for 2018 coming around the corner. Trump's really got to figure out where his base is. I mean, you know, uh, a buddy recently pointed out how politically convenient Trump seems to be giving donations to the left, the right, the whoever, kind of like the Koch brothers. It's business. But wait a minute. He's he's doing certain things that are convenient, you know, like quoting two Corinthians. Eh, got that one wrong. Sorry, you missed the culture. Because 
you know, instead of Second Corinthians, two Corinthians. Really? Are you really? <laughs> you know, I just, you know, I yeah, I like Trump. I like a number of things he's done. I'm getting concerned about some things he said, which I was concerned of when it's day one. I mean, telling Kim Jong Un we will to- utterly destroy Korea, we will utterly destroy North Korea. Are you out of your mind? Did you not know your audience? I mean, that's speech 101. And so he says these things, and sure enough, there it is. Kim Kim Jong Un is all upset, and he's going to be this retaliatory little brat. Of course he is. He could have said it in a more political way and been just as strong. But you know, there it is on the news coming out. Kim Jong Un's retaliating with his words. You know, I mean, are we having a pissing contest, or who's got the longer sword? What's going on here? And a bigger hand. A bigger hand. I mean, you know, is is China and Russia going to say, "Hey, little boy, back down"? You know, what's going to happen here? Uh, Oh, and by the way, uh, North Korea has an awful lot of uh, biological weapons and some chemical weapons, kind of outlawed by the UN. But you know, this little boy might just be doing this. Hopefully, Kim Jong Un don't hear me because he'll send something on me. But you know, I mean, he's he's been a, a he's he's a spoiled brat of a spoiled brat. There was a um, there was a, a um, she was like a general's daughter or high up military daughter, and she luckily uh, split the country, got to South Korea with her her mom and her brother, but she had to watch twenty musicians get um, murdered by anti aircraft guns. She had to stand there and watch. She was sick for days and throwing up, couldn't sleep. What do the musicians do? Oh, they made a porno. Why? Because most musicians are poor. But, I mean, okay, that's that's kind of a bad choice. But Kim Jong-un just says, okay, you guys, round them up, and aircraft guns, let's blow them to bits. And, like, seriously? And so she split the country, and she has, you know, explained what happened and why I'm out. And then the question becomes, well, all right, so... Kim Jong-un is kind of like Adolf Hitler, kind of, you know. And um, is he going to have enough people supporting him, or is he going to have a coup d'etat upon him? Of course, that would be nice. Of course, what do you know? That's what the CIA is for. Yeah, okay. Um, Obviously, I don't have approval on my voice of that one. But it's, you know, when you have such a corrupt, wicked... I mean, King John of England, sleeping with the wives of barons, and the barons, and, and he's losing wars with France, excessive taxes, and finally the barons say, we've had enough. Strap your swords, boys, and next thing you know from that, you have the Magna Carta, and the king was put in his place, and the law is now above the king. This has happened over and over in world history. It's real simple. Why are the troops demoralized? Because they can't stand their king. Why are they not fighting? Why are they not winning wars? Because they can't stand their king. Next thing you know, there's a coup d'etat or assassination. I mean, maybe somebody in North Korea has, has, has gotten a bunch of together and said, "I've had enough." But we we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We just know it's a very tense situation. I'm not happy with how Trump and I predicted. You know, hey, this guy is seriously. You're, this guy is going to be retaliatory. Whatever, watch his retaliation. Oh, there it comes out. He's making more threats. So I I don't know. It's it's frustrating. That you know, I, I at least in my personal life, I found a way to say the same thing: be firm and tough and gentle, and attracting a positive response all at the same time. Utterly destroy North Korea, really? 
Boy, at the same time, you know, Trump is putting a line in the sand, which other presidents have not. Jimmy Carter was, oh, it's a peas, a peas, a peas. Reagan was tough. But you go to Clinton, a peas, Bush, Bush Jr., Clinton, Bush Jr., they're all a peas, a peas, a peas. And you reach a point where if you don't deal with it now, it's going to get absolutely worse. Nip it in the bud. Oh, it's already a flower. Um, Trump somewhat does have to be tough. There's not a question about that, but the how he did it, I'm not too happy. There's a whole mess of – it's just a messy situation. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm rambling here. Like, um, I need to go back to my 12-step group. The uh, It's a 12-step group for those people that can't stop talking. It's called and on and on. So anyway, let's turn it over to somebody else now. Okay, let's go ahead and uh... – Mark had to go. He had uh, to work on some things for the Patriot Journalist Network. Uh, so we do thank uh, Mark for uh, coming on. Uh, so him and I are probably going to talk to Mark over uh, some things. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, John. And then I was uh, taking some look, uh, Suzette, uh, your, you know, some of the descriptions of uh, some of your shows, uh, such as uh, the one here. It says court action, people versus a U.S government over seven years, uh, H2O damaging health across the nation. Uh, perhaps you could tell us uh, a little bit about that. Uh, and so, but first let's go ahead and bring it over to you, uh, John. Yeah. I, man, I think that um, a lot of this stuff, especially with Kelly bringing out the fact that Trump kind of borrows trouble because he has to put things in certain ways that are more antagonistic and he could, you know, be a bit more disciplined in being able to say the same thing without being so antagonistic and get a lot more done. And it drives home the point that I think that our whole system is a lot more fragile and it's a lot more serious than what we realize. I like to cut up and have fun and whatnot too. But when when I hear about all these things, even the flag and these healthcare votes and stuff, it all looks like just a power grab and it's like, if you think about, we've got Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, health care. Well, next they're going to say, oh, well, we have not only a right to health care, we have a right to food. You know, oh, no, we don't have just a right to health care and food. We have a right to housing. Oh, no, we don't have just a right to health care, food, and housing, but also to transportation. Oh, you know, and education, where does it stop? None of this is constitutional. And it comes back to the point of assimilation. What do we assimilate to? We all get, we all talk about the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, but when it comes to assimilation, we don't really know what we're assimilating to, at least most of us. I have an idea, and I'm sure it has some flaws, and that's why I like coming to these conversations with you guys and other um, shows like this in order to try to air out some of these things because if we, for example – on this FN, this NFL player stuff, to me, I don't think it's really a, a First Amendment issue, you know, because we all have the right to express ourselves. What I think it is is it's, it comes down to assimilating. Uh, otherwise, if if we are able to express ourselves in any way we want to, then you're saying it's anarchy. Anyway, anything goes. We don't have a constitution because anything goes. And if the very flag and the national anthem, which are symbols, they're either an auditory 
expression or visual expression of the First Amendment, and then we can desecrate that symbol at the same time claim to stand on it and have a right to it? That's where the hypocrisy comes. If you want to lay down during the national anthem or, or during the uh, you know, tribute of the flag, or if you want to sit or stand or whatever, that's that to me doesn't really um, – the issue is what was your motivation? Because just like somebody mentioned earlier, um, what is his name, Tim Tebow, used to go express himself. He did not do that during the national anthem, did he? But if he, even if he did, was he actually protesting, saying that there's a false equivalency, meaning that when, um, what's his name, Colin Kaepernick, which I like Colin Kaepernick as a football player, and I, I, <clears throat> I didn't really understand why he wouldn't go protest in other ways instead of desecrate the flag in the national anthem, because whenever you think about it, if you're standing up and saying, hey, I'm going to equal, I'm going to say that the flag in the national anthem is equal to police abuse, that's a false equivalency because police abusing their power and running roughshod over the people, that is not the standard at which the flag and the national anthem uphold. So when you use the national anthem and a flag as your point of protest for something you don't like, then you're trying to say that the, those have equivalency. And I'm like, no, they don't. Tim, Tim, uh, Tim Tebow, and um, you've even heard about the, the, the knee after the football game to pray with all of his players. And he got, mm-hmm. I mean, he lost his job. Well, that has no basis to the First Amendment in the same sense that they're trying to make it sound like. Because, number one, the guy um, that's praying after the game is not doing it during the national anthem, which is the symbol that represents the First Amendment, which is the foundation at which we stand on. He wasn't doing it during the national anthem to desecrate the flag in the national anthem. and he, he So his expression was positive upholding the national anthem in, in the you know, American idealistic way, whereas Colin Kaepernick was equating the flag and the um, national anthem to the abusive power of crooked cops doing wrong, which flies in the face of the Constitution and the, and the you know, First Amendment. Anyway, so I'm like going, we have to figure out how to communicate from a standpoint of assimilation, because that's why you have all these people that feel like, oh, I can do anything, and, you know, they, especially if they're in, immigrants coming over here and they bring that third world or other world mentality to them, and they think, oh, well, now I can just walk around like a dog and take a your front, front yard, and that's my freedom of expression and freedom of this net. No, you can't rightly do that, because if you do that, then you're saying that you're you don't respect the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution because your Constitution and, or the Constitution and Declaration of Independence is a covenant contract between you and I. 
in all of us as equal citizens on how we're going to conduct ourselves in relating to each other and, and respecting each other and what I've said before, interacting with each other. If we don't understand the basis of which we're assimilating, we will have these false equivalents where people say, oh, I'm expressing my freedom of speech or my freedom of expression when they're desecrating the very foundations that they claim to stand for and that they claim to want to have benefit of. You cannot... Uh, ridicule and and desecrate the foundations of what you stand on and then expect to benefit from them. That's hypocrisy. Anyway, those things have been kind of itching at me, and I'm like, going, but hey, if you want to pray during the thing or if you want to sleep during the national anthem or whatnot, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're desecrating the flag, but if you're using it as a motivation to point it towards something that's negative in our culture and demean the actual idealistic standard that which those flags stand for, now you're using it for culprit reasons, and that I have a problem with. Back to you. Hey, uh, well, one thing, you're, one thing you're trying to do is you're trying to, use, you know, of course, use this topic now to try to uh, point out and, and say that Trump's a, a racist, which, you know, blah, blah, blah. Go ahead, Kelly. And then I want to uh, ask Suzette about uh, one of her most recent episodes uh, there on her show. Go ahead, Kelly. Okay, I want to discuss liberty, all right? So, thank God for a country where there's so much liberty that we can destroy our own country. I know that sounds strange, but you know what? Um, if, If the socialists win in the end and we become a socialist country, it was by the people's choice. It was by liberty. Now, I say that because if we have the liberty to wreck our own country, we also have the liberty to correct our government and make it better and get back to the fundamental principles of liberty and freedom and free commerce. If we had too many restrictions on liberty and the wrong person takes control, they can shut down through the government, as Adolf Hitler did, as in Stalin, as in Mao, as in Pol Pot. All right? They could shut down any attempts to make our government better. And that's the fine balance, fine line, or the teeter-totter of liberty, is that we have the right to... And yes, there are certain rights protected without a question in the First Amendment and the Bill of Rights, without a question. But from a libertarian or a liberty-minded person's perspective, thank God for the liberty to destroy a country. But Kelly, how can you actually say we have liberty? Whenever we have congressmen and senators and the big wigs that have influence over all of the rules, laws, you know, and all of the bureaucracies that have power to manipulate us against our will without our consent, we don't even adhere to the dec- I mean, to the Constitution. It's just lip service. So we don't really have liberty. It's all a facade. It's a fake front. Well, I will admit that the founders had a problem in not specifying 
Um, for example, the Sherman Antitrust Act should have been thrown into the Constitution because they were just fresh, suffering the tyranny of the East Indian Trading Company. They should have put more controls on corporations. Corporations are different than people. Okay, yes and no, but Hale versus Henkel, long story. Um, a, co- a corporation is emerging between individual rights and the government, and therefore the government has an awful lot of control over a corporation that the government doesn't have control over individuals. But we have had, because of that oversight of the founders, we have had corporations take control, spend lots of money, get into power for their business profits and control, Federal Reserve, and that was kind of a oversight. But we are still, we see the response of the American people with Alabama and Judge Roy Moore. We have the right and the freedom still to make it better. And you cannot have the right to make it better if you're being chronically restrictive on free speech, for example, freedom of expression, freedom to assemble peacefully. Let's keep that part in there, peacefully. Without these freedoms, we could easily come into a tyrannical look at the history of the world, kings, et cetera, et cetera. William Penn was 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 on a soapbox. He was a preacher. He was speaking out against the king, which other men had been killed for. This is 1680. And he was uh, assembly people came reform. It was peaceful. So he was he was a preacher. So he had freedom of religion at stake. You had freedom of assembly at at stake, peaceful assembly, and you had freedom of speech. Luckily, Bush juror acquitted William Penn, who later got Pennsylvania as a payment in debt for what the king owed his dad. And so these liberties have continued into the colonies, into our states, and into our federal government. We have so many protections of liberty, although it is abused, that we can be free the way we are. And yes, I will agree with you. Congressmen are not doing their jobs. They're not respecting the Constitution. But that's where the people rise up. Example, Alabama today. Go ahead, John. Well, I mean, I think it's a sad situation whenever we... Like you were talking about earlier, it's the individual has to write an unlimited right to contract, but the corporations are controlled by the government, so to speak. Well, we, the people, are the government, but we're being psychologically defrauded and then realistically, financially, and um, politically, or I guess you'd say governing-wise, defrauded out of the use of our own property, which is called self-governing. And so as long as that happens, the people in power are able to continue to make this money flow back to them, and then they get to use that money to create more data mining and more control mechanisms to make sure that they stay in power and that you and I never get in a position where we can actually control the powers over us. And that's what they're doing. And the corporations know it, and, I mean, it just blows my mind that we talk past this stuff as if we think it's some kind of conspiracy and it's, it's, it don't make any sense. That's because most people don't work in government. But those people who have worked in government or are working in government and they are afraid to say something because they are, you know, working paycheck to paycheck or whatnot, and the system is built that way because they want these people to be their, their um, servants and 
make sure it's hard for them to be able to do anything else. Cause that's how they keep them shut up. And very oh, I agree with you. Back, very few people have the backbone of William Benning, Thomas Drake, um, uh, Edward Snowden, uh, Daniel Ellsberg, to stand up and say, hey, you guys are being scammed. Well, now we have, what's his name, Steve Bannon, I think is what his name is, that come right out and tell you they're, you know, they're, your Republican group is actually trying to steal the election from you. And, and we kind of knew that. We just didn't know how to exactly prove it or fight it. But we could see the writing on the wall. They weren't hiding it. Well, I, I'm in agreement with you in that um, the corporations have worked to influence the American people to turn away their liberties for security, 9-11. Um, yeah, it's been a it, – it's a chink in the armor of our Constitution. But one of the problems of the Founding Fathers, there are certain things that they suffered so much pain and in, in the culture at the time – like, yeah, this will never happen because people remember how much pain. Whoops, they forgot that in four, five, seven generations, pretty soon people are going to forget. And that's why they didn't put it in the Constitution because at the time, everybody knew the East Indian Trading Company, a corporation that had their own freaking hired mercenaries. <clears throat> um, they assumed. They assumed that everybody would remember and, of course, the corporations get a hold of the textbooks, Common Core, and they rewrite history so people forget. So I'm in agreement with you about the undue influence. And Taft, he's one of my heroes, he got the Sherman Antitrust, Pact, Sherman Antitrust Act passed so that corporations could be busted. If we were in, the, say, I don't know, 1820, when the Sherman Antitrust was starting to be used – the things that are going on now, Twitter would be busted up, Facebook would be busted up, Microsoft would be busted up. Clinton was a little upset with AT&T for some reason, so he busted them up. I mean, it, it, it's frustrating that corporations spend so much money to get their people in to pass laws that make corporations richer and richer, and us little, little guys in the middle class are getting snuffed out. But then, and then we have to, like... They get to use that money to create mechanisms and controls to herd the rest of us like cows and not allow us to the same privileges and immunities of self-governing. So, therefore, we're forever like monkeys in a barrel or fish in a barrel, whatever, where they continue to use our own tax dollars to work against us. Oh, I totally agree with you. What I'm saying is the American people have to rise up Again, good example with uh, Judge Roy Moore today. Great. The American people have had enough. And Jefferson nailed it when he said in the Declaration of Independence, he said, prudence indeed will dictate that mankind is more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to write, them, than to write themselves of the abuses and long trains of usurpations, such as now the situation with the colonies. In other words, Jefferson's saying, yeah, people will put up with a lot of crap from the government to a point they've had enough, we're done, we're getting away from Great Britain in this declaration. And so we go through these cycles, these cycles of government overburdened, overtaxed, endless regulations, favoring the corporations, well, let's pass some laws, let the people rise up, and we're done with this. It's happened a number of times, this up, down, up, down, up, down. And fortunately, I believe... 
seeing today's results and other results, the people are on the uprising mode. The question is, can we continue this to get the liberty we need, the corrupt people out of power, the corporations less power over the American people? That's the question. Will this uprising continue enough to where we're having liberty and prosperity with your hand in hand? I don't know. I can only hope so. One of the one of the biggest scams that allows the mechanism to work that way, though, is that every legal United States citizen who decides that it's okay to just vote somebody into office, and then once that person gets into office, they get to burden and encumber us, you know, without our consent, whether we like it or not. That right there is the mechanism that will always keep you in bondage, because as long as that exists, anybody can go out and campaign and tell you everything you like to hear, and then once they get in the office, they flip a switch, that little angel of light just became a demon that looks like a minister of righteousness. And then they... And, and, and I'm, yeah, I'm going to chime in here real quick, uh, real quick, John. Uh, and one of the things that, and, you know, that, that I keep asking is, what is the solution, though? I mean, what what is the solution to that not happening? If we're not, if we're not to, you know, have representatives then, you know, in, in our republic, you know, what's what's the answer then? Yeah, but the, tell, tell us what the answer is. The representatives must represent instead of this false representation. This is a perverted reputation. This reputation is like a, a pimp represents a prostitute. You're a legislative slave. As long as they can burden and encumber you against your will without your consent, you're, we're still in slavery. They just don't operate the plantations anymore. You're out under their control because they get to govern and control all the rules, laws, processes, and procedures of your life, which actually hinder your right to the pursuit of happiness because your pursuit of happiness is determined by the laws, rules, processes, and procedures. Now, I can't make everybody participate. However, one of the very first things, is I, like I've always said, is we all got to get together and brainstorm on this issue. But one of the things that you can think of is to say, stop passing laws without the consent of the governed. And when I say that, the governed meaning those that want to put in governing, because there's some that just for whatever reason are not going to want to participate, and they don't care. Because as long as you have these little um, deals like right now where you have – Paul Ryan and them getting up there and say, well, hey, we're working on this bipartisan bill. It's not, it might be bipartisan between the Democrats and the Republicans. Heads they win, tells we lose. We are still being excluded. So therefore, they're saying we're not an equal citizen and we don't get to self governing and we're not a free people. Otherwise, our will, yours, mine, all of us that wants to participate would be mutually and reciprocally included in all rules, laws, processes, and procedures, codified, ratified, and enacted in order for you to receive your true due process rights of good faith bargaining, mutuality of agreement, freedom of contract, freedom of choice, freedom of association, freedom of conscience. You're being deprived of all that. You're being exploited, extorted, uh, coerced, under duress, There's extrinsic fraud whenever they take your property, which is intellectual property called self-governing, and use it on their behalf, and then they don't allow you to be part of the transaction or the 
concessions that manipulate that transaction, so they've also committed fraudulent conveyance, conveying your property to their benefit for their gain and lift you out of this situation. And then they've proved they also committed failure of consideration because when you have a trust relationship and they have a fiduciary responsibility to do your will and do you no harm and you're granting them the privilege to manage your property self-governing, then they have a fiduciary agency responsibility to take care of that property as if you were taking care of it yourself, not to be your dictator because ain't none of us go to the ballot box to vote for the next dictator to burden and encumber us. That's not representation. That's a psychological fraud scam, and too many Americans are buying into it. I'm sorry. Okay, 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 okay. I, well, John, well, what's the well, solution? I totally, I, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there quick, all right? Um, John, I totally love hearing your passion, as I feel, to, feel it. I felt it for years, okay? Okay, the solution is, well, once again, follow the Constitution. Our representatives, U.S. Senate is like what one person, one representative for every like half a million or something like that. It's insane. Okay, the Constitution said the number of representatives shall not exceed one for every thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. Okay, that means you have compared to half a million. Well, let's just pick three hundred thousand. Okay, one for three hundred thousand. If we had a ratio of one to thirty thousand instead of one to three hundred thousand. That would mean we have 10 times more representatives in the U.S. Um, House of Representatives. This is a Constitution, um, Article 1, Section 2, Subsection 3. Shall, shall not exceed 33,000. <coughs> that means we would have 10 times more representatives. They'd have to get into an auditorium or, or a coliseum or something. And at least so like Star Wars representative. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no, I I would love that. I absolutely would love that because when you have so many representatives, the corporations cannot corrupt them as easily. When you have, you know, one hundred thousand. How would we afford 000, that though, Kelly? <laughs> it would be a return. I mean, how can on we pay all those representatives? Well, it would be a no-brainer. Um, Congress gets what, maybe one percent or two percent of the budget. But having adequate representation, you would easily save 10, 15, 20% on federal spending. So, Kelly, do you know any any of the congressmen and senators that actually uphold the Constitution right now? If it's Doug also does pretty well. It's still, we're in the same problem. That's why I need other people's input and help, to, well, see, help well, us figure out the solution. Well, I'm telling you. Of and so one for three hundred thousand, one for thirty thousand. Guess what? There are too many congressmen to corrupt by corporations. When you have such a few number of of congressmen as we do now, the corporations can throw money at this one, this one, this one, this one, get their guys in. There you go. You know, in mm-hmm. California, the worst, yeah, the worst representation ratio. Federal lawsuit going on right now to increase the uh, increase representation. And and what's what's happening is you know California we might see actually turn to a, a more conservative state, but um, it, it's okay. It's one per half a million in the state house in California. 
for the assembly. One per million. Good luck competing with a million people for a state house senator's attention. Unless you're the Sierra Club. Unless you have tons and tons of money like the union. No wonder why California is so freaking liberal, but it's a it's a primarily agricultural state. What's up with that? It's because of the representation ratio. If it were to change federally, we would start to see enormous changes. Whenever – check this out. Most of Wall Street, hedge fund operators and these special um, uh, international investors, they have access to the Federal Reserve and the discount window to get money almost at 0%. All they do is go out and get more money and then corrupt the politicians at a higher level. These people, they're all – it's their interloping insurrectionists, and they're embedded throughout CIA, intelligence agencies at every level, the state, the county, the federal – and then they actually have the congressmen involved, and that's why we have some of the you know the elitist Washington group, and even some that give lip service to the Constitution and stuff. And then these corporations get all kinds of special backroom deals with the Congress to make sure that all of our information is being processed through them. And these people that have these trillions upon trillions of dollars, they'll just print more money in order to be able to afford to buy out more congressmen. Hold on here. Hold on. Think about it, though. Okay. The okay. ratio in the right. The ratio in the Constitution is one for every thirty thousand. Okay. You get to that versus three hundred thousand. That means if we bring it down from one to three hundred thousand down to one to thirty thousand, the corporations have to bribe, blackmail, threaten ten times more people. New Hampshire. New Hampshire, their state house representatives is one to 3,200 people. They have high turnover, elections are low cost, and what's the result? They are actually repealing laws in New Hampshire. You don't have to have a safety belt. You don't have to have a helmet. Trial by jury is allowed by the defense. I'm sorry, jury nullification. It's the free state for a reason. Because the representation ratio is so low. California, left as can be, representation, unbelievable. Unbelievable. More than 10 times. What's going to make the new representatives more um, faithful and trustworthy with veracity and rectitude that these currently in office don't have? How's that going to change? That's the problem. Well, 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 okay, I'm going to interject here, and I'm going to answer that. One, as Kelly pointed out, and I mean, in the part I agree, I just, my my big argument on this is that, uh, and then we're going to probably end this in a couple minutes, uh, because I want to bring, you know, bring Susan back in, or um, sorry, Suzette, Suzette back in, is that, you know, the problem I have is how would we afford through taxpayer dollars to, to pay all these these people their salaries and then whatever benefits they vote themselves into having later. Now that that part, well, I'd have to I'd have to see how that would pan out. But I think the way that uh, that Kelly is describing what what Kelly's describing the way they would they would have to be more because there's. There's just so many. There's just so much money that the corporations, the corporations can spend on, and on a on a person to buy them, a politician to buy them, so to speak. So it's. I mean, it's. I mean, yeah, they can. You know, they can 
bribe three of them, uh, so, you know, but to try to buy to bribe three hundred, I mean that that would just be unfeasible. That they just could not afford to bribe three hundred people. Now, it's, you know, they could afford to bribe three, you know, but to, to bribe three hundred, fine. Well, they three hundred, you know, three out of three hundred. They're only bribing one percent, and so by default, they would have to be, you know, because they're not being bribed because they can't afford to bribe them. So they have to, you know, and if they want to stay, you know, and this is where the people got to get involved. I mean, the re- the thing is, is a big part of the reason why we have the Yahoos in in power. I mean, it's our fault too. I mean, really. I mean, yeah. if you keep voting in these Yahoos. You, know, you don't have to keep voting them in, but you do. I mean, yeah, the, the system's lie. rigged, you know, for the they incumbent, lie. certainly. But they're lying to you in order to get in. That's not your fault. You can't control them from lying to you. And but when then, you're but, not but, but, the John, then I come back to this question. What, what, what's like, the solution? If it's not more representative and – we can't have a direct democracy because that's infeasible as well. Well, I mean, and, and what, what, what's the solution? What's the solution uh, for government? Yeah, but when you're not faithful in the little things, you're not probably going to be faithful in okay, much. Okay, but what, what's the, more, but John, what is – I want a short answer solution. What's the short answer solution? One like sentence solution. More of the American people involved to hold their um, – Actual representatives accountable to actually represent them instead of and, and okay, but how, but how do you do that? That's my question too, because that's why I keep asking Kelly. Just because we add more people, how are we going to hold their feet to the fire to do what's right instead of continue to act like all the others? Because for the last 241 years, we started out okay, but we just ended up little pieces here and there. But if we still are under the thumb of a dictator, a centralized oligarchy of still dictators. They don't. And, and how do we get? Well, and, and how do we get? And how do we get we? And how do we get we the people to keep that from happening? I guess and, we and, have and more. You say we, we got to hold them accountable, which I agree with. You know, we, well, but, but that's we, the problem. People aren't holding them accountable. They keep voting the same people in. That's why we're saying that you know this may be a good opportunity in 2018. To, to really help drain the swamp and maybe you know bring make, things back around. How do Robert? Okay, 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 okay. Robert, okay. How do we make the laws so that if every position in government at city, county, federal, and state level were actually uh, the office was held by Hitler or Mussolini or Stalin or something like that, make all the laws reflect that if those kind of people were in office, then it would still do our business and do it our way and not allow them to manipulate us. That's what we got to figure out because right now we elect them into office and then they manipulate the laws and burden and encumber us to deny us the opportunity to keep them in accountability. Okay, okay, okay. Um. Let me ask you a question, John. Okay. And we're gonna we're gonna do this for guys. We're gonna do this for four more minutes, and then I'm going to uh, bring Suzette in for six uh, the last minutes, and then I have to close things out. So let's go ahead and finish this this up in about four minutes. Okay, John. Let me ask you a question. How often do you call your United States Congress? Say that again. How often do I call my what? Congressmen and senators, I assume, is what you said. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. congressman. Let's, let's keep this in and out, but the congressman. How often do you call your congressman? Okay. I called yesterday, and within the last two weeks, I called about 28 times, and I talked to about 14 people. Wow, that's awesome. Fonts do you get? So I should say I actually talked to about five people, and I left 14 messages, which included their voicemails. Okay. What kind of response do you get in writing or a phone call? Yeah, but that's not the way to measure it. You got to measure outcomes, not input. It's okay, results. No, no, just, 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 just a communication back. We like your. Okay. Now, this question is this. Okay, I've run some numbers. I got numbers for you. The representation ratio based on 300 million people and 435. Um, congressmen in the House of Representatives, the ratio is 600,000 to one. 600,000 people to one congressman. Now, if the ratio was one to 30,000 in the Constitution, that means you have a 20 times, uh, a, a, a 20 times factor you are 20 times more likely to get a hold of your United States congressman when the ratio is down to 30,000 versus 600,000. Now, what would it cost for you annually to have a 20 times better chance to get a response from your congressman? How much would it cost you? The answer, $20 per year. Would you be willing to pay $20 to have a 20 times better chance to talk to your congressman. $20 for you. Now, if the outcome is to do that. measure it by income, input, inputs, we've got to measure it by outcomes. Because I don't care if I call them three times or 300 times, if I get the same result that they're crooked, crap, you know, oligarchy of dictators manipulating me, it didn't matter. Robert, what's your well, yeah, I mean, at this point, yeah, we do got to go ahead and, and, and move forward. And this is, uh, you know, we definitely want to find some answers, but it seems like we're kind of going in uh, in, in circles here with, I mean, because what's the solution? I mean, we we, we got to find something. Uh, but anyway, something that's actually going to happen, too, because, I mean, so, some solutions that, you know, we think would happen, is just, you know, which would actually work, that, that they have to be something in the realm of possibility. Uh, and, and that's something that you know we have to find that's actually doable. But let's go ahead and bring over Suzette. I do got you know because I have to close things out in about actually four minutes, not six. Uh, so I just want to ask her, uh, you know, about the uh, the last episode that you, you had. Uh, so the court action, people versus U.S. government over seven years of H2O damaging health across the nation. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your uh, your most recent episode that you had there. Oh, okay. Um, if I may real quick add to the liberty um, part of your conversation earlier, I had wrote writ- oh, sure, but written I earlier, it said it's a part of who we are. Believe in it. It's worth a fight. It's worth fighting for. Never surrender. Liberty more is more than an illusion. Because right now we're under the illusion that we have liberty, but we really don't. So that's all I wanted to say on that. But fluoride, fluoride, fluoride. Fluoride is highly toxic. Most people didn't know that. There are some that do, and it's a good thing that they do know. 
you try and minimize the amount of fluoride intake. It's in your toothpaste. On the back of that toothpaste, it says, keep away from children, small children. Do not ingest. If they ingest it, call the poison control. But they're putting it in our water, and we're drinking it every day. We're drinking it in our soda pop. We're eating it in our cereal. Anything that's water-based, fluoride is in it. Fluoride is very bad. It's been known to have crippling bone disease. Um, the fluoridate, fluoride, sorry, it shows in the teeth, the little white spots. They're told they're calcium buildups, but it's really fluorosis um, of the teeth, and that's not good. It won't go away. It's basically telling you that that child or person has overdosed on fluoride, and the body doesn't know how what else to do with it, that organ that produces that, the teeth. Um, so now they're deformed. Um, most people don't even know where the fluoride comes from. That's like, that blew my mind when I found out about that. Um, it comes from waste. It's a byproduct from companies that were, that are in Florida. The industry um, has their waste products and they put that into the water. Somebody said, we have too much. We don't know what to do with it. It doesn't break down. Um, it's a phosphate fertilizer. The phosphate fertilizer industry has, decided they were going to put it in our water. <laughs> Can you believe that? So this has been going yeah, on since disgusting. 1932. I've never drank faucet water anymore, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's even in your bottled water. <laughs> it's almost no, never in my it's not in it. You, to, to, um, to just drink beer all the time. <laughs> ah, well, there's still fluoride. <laughs> there's water in beer. I know, it's terrible. Anyway, this lawsuit that's going on, they've been trying to get it go, going for a while. It's an organization called FAN. And um, they finally were able to meet the requirements of the court in order to be heard so that way they can take notice because the EPA themselves have research reports, scientific reports, and all this other. They knew it was bad to put into the water, but they did it anyway. They said, well, if it's done in small doses, you should be okay. But they didn't know that back in 1942 that it was going to cause harmful effects to your health over a long-term period, especially when they started adding it to all the other food, food products, you know, or products that we consume, which is another thing that blows my mind. You know, it has really nothing to do with Trump. I was talking to um, a friend of mine, and I was saying, you know, over the years of these different administrations, sometimes these people that are holdovers – will continue on where they had left off with the previous. And the new newbies coming in don't know any better as far as what had just got passed or new regulation or new policy. And they're trying to get up to speed while still trying to work on the new agenda. And so these things get swept under the carpet unless some noise is made about it. I mean, in the process of converting the phosphate rock into soluble fertilizer, there are two very toxic fluoride gases that are released, hydrogen fluoride and silicon uh, tetrafluoride, and in the past, the phosphate industry used those to let two or they let those gases go through the vent and into the atmosphere. You know how we always talk about the um, climate change. Well, <laughs> it didn't really um, do too much there, but it did um, cause some cattle poisoning, and um, there were human health complaints, scorched vegetables, and other various things that were downward, downwind from those industries. And it's only really in Florida that it's concentrated. The sinkhole that you're seeing now is caused from the leakage from that. Hmm. From that waste. Wow. Toxic waste. Yeah. Bizarre, huh? Anyway, yeah, yeah. we, the United States, out of 97 
with um, countries around the world, there are only a few that fluoridate the water. These other countries said, no, thanks. Um, we're good. <laughs> we don't want to poison our people. <laughs> but the U.S. said, sure, well, why not? The, it definitely bears more inspection, certainly. Um, and, you know, naturally I'd like to, you know, for, you know, probably do at least a, a segment, if not a whole show on that, because, yeah, and that's what the, my mom actually used to say for years and years. I remember even her saying something as a kid, and when I was a kid, I won't say how many years ago. But uh, <laughs> her, her, her talk about the, the, the fluoride in, in, in the uh, in the water, and, and seeing I thought drinking bottled water, I was going to be uh, all right. But anyway, unfortunately, I have to close out the show. So I want to thank everybody. Uh, for coming on tonight, and certainly uh, with the link that you used to come in tonight, uh, share that with your friends so that they can uh, listen to the information we have here on the show as well as uh, hopefully pique their interest so they can call in and, and join our roundtable discussion uh, as well because when it comes to having people on the line, I'm kind of of the mind, the more the merrier. And so uh, I'll have to close out tonight as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn, and you can hear more of her music by going to www.albreyashburn.com. So take care, folks. We will see you next time, and have a good night. Uh, good night. Thank you.